Hey everyone, Ernest Calderon here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I just wanted to give you a quick heads up of some audio issues uh, that you'll hear just on my microphone. All the other audio sounds fine and it all gets fixed right around the halfway point. Um, but for the first half on my audio, um, you'll hear some issues. So just wanted to give you a quick heads up. Let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome to We Bought a Mic. I hope that you're a. That's going to be the entire episode. It's just us doing our favorite spooky noises. Welcome. Scream. Spooky. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just here. I'm in the middle of a uh, 31 spooky movies in 31 days venture that I decided to embark on. Oh, about October 15th. Um, so I do this myself all the time. I have only myself to blame. We're doing a Halloween special, Spooktober special, the horror movie draft on We Bought a Mic tonight, a pop culture podcast. I'm Ernest. I am Spooky Scary Skeletons himself, Hunter. And joining us today is a newcomer special guest. Please introduce yourself. Um, um, my name is Christine, just like the car. So I'm legitimately spooky. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> CH and everything. Yes. Oh my it's... God. A movie I have not seen, sadly. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, guys. I come to this draft. Not as prepared as um, as you both are going to be, I'm going to admit. Well, I mean, at least you are more prepared than Drew, who uh, did not make it on the episode today. I, th- I, I think he got uh, just completely sliced in a battle. No, so here's what happened. So I uh, so he I told him about this draft um, a couple weeks ago. And uh, give him a heads up, and he's like, "Cool, I'm I'm excited. Okie dokie. I got a lot of homework to do." And um, he called me just like sobbing, and it was beyond the point of sobbing. He started just shrieking, like I thought he was in serious pain. He was like, "You have to help me. You have to help me. Come over." So I go over to his house, and inside, I just see he just has Trolls Two playing on the television. And he he is curled up in the ball in the fetal position. He has moved his couch to get behind his couch. There's a puddle on the floor that is his tears. And he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I was like, okay, okay, little baby boy. We'll we'll clean this mess up and we will replace you on the podcast. So he didn't even make it to Hocus Pocus. No, he, he couldn't even. He was so scared by the colorful small creatures singing uh pop renditions of different songs um he was very scared of the sam rockwell troll 
of the Anderson Pack troll. That sounds like a rough time. For yeah. Troubles. So we're with you, man. Well, we're happy to have you on, Christine. Thank this you. Is I'm a, excited. A great deal of fun today that Drew is missing out on. Um, we're also getting winoy, or at least I am, with uh, my new TCM Wine Club membership. So I am busting out the uh, Ascension Malbec Salta Barrel Aged Fine <laughs> Wine of Argentina. I like how you stopped doing an accent halfway through, and then you came back to the accent at the end. Um, are you gonna are you gonna pop that bad boy live um, on mic? Um, I'm corking it in. We should say we do not have a uh, a sponsor for the Hashtag TCM Wine not Club. Sponsored. I would <laughs> love to just uh, TCM. If you are listening, please know we're big fans of your movies. Uh, big fans of the Criterion Channel, which you uh, used to be with with Filmstruck. Please sponsor us. Like it wanted it. <laughs> that was oh, so no. anticlimactic. That, that was the oh. most anticlimactic wine opening I've ever heard in my life. Honestly. Yeah, there you go. But also, Christine, we wanted to have you on because you uh, might be the most horror knowledgeable person that I know. So I figured who is more appropriate to come on this episode? Nobody. Than I'm you? so excited. So tell tell the listeners a little bit about um your your pop culture taste you don't have to get super deep if you don't want to you can keep it to just like horror movies if you want but like go as far back as as you can remember where did your love for movies and horror movies start and like how do you see that now um it started when me and my cousins would um recreate jurassic park and i was always the girl because i was the only girl sexist but um we would throw the couches over and everything. Um, the and little girl or Laura Dern? No, the little girl. I wasn't right. even Laura Dern, so like I wasn't even <sighs> like badass. Like we were just the kids, um, and then my other cousin would be the uh, dinosaur, and then I would actually get scared because I'm actually scared of everything. And then I just didn't stop from there. I thought so. I just told this is a uh, really how to get to know me. I just told my therapist a week ago. That when I was like up until nine or ten, I thought movies were real. Like I thought they were just reality shows. I, I feel like that's a common thing. I've know. never heard anybody <laughs> that like thought it. that. I was like, Mom, how do I get on? So I was like, When I turn thirteen, I'm gonna be a mermaid or like a witch. And then I realized I wasn't, and I was really crushed. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, you can make them. And then I became obsessed with that idea. Um, pop culture wise, I love all the gossip. I love the Real Housewives. I would like. I want to be a housewife, but I want to be like in the robe and like rich. Um, and then like horror came along. I I know he says he's the spooky scary skeleton, but like I am the spooky scary skeleton. I do I do move did. my bones around a lot, like spooky scary skeleton. Right, right. You're not. If anybody is bony, though, it's Drew. <laughs> I don't think Drew exists. I met him one time and I'm still shook by it. He left very fast and I'm Italian. You got to say bye for four hours. And he was like, got to go bye. And I was like, you oh, left. <laughs> you don't do that. So I, I see you, you brought some handwritten notes, color coded yes. and everything for this draft. Um, reminds me of the album draft when I had a color coded spreadsheet. So I can tell you're for real. Um, so hopefully, you know, we do the horror genre some justice. I, I'm I'm hoping that you do better 
and you're drafting Urist did in his album's draft. I just hope I just do based well on so the that polls I can tell people about this. <laughs> and then like I can't be like, oh yeah. Yeah, if it's like afterwards, you're like, damn, my draft sucks. And be just like, I was on pod, but just don't listen to it. Like they suck. Okay, if we're gonna talk about the album draft real quick, <laughs> Drew had the albums that people can just look at the album cover and immediately have some sort of reference point to them. I pick the albums that mean the most to me personally. Not trying to fish for votes from people. Yeah, that's that's Drew, lobbyist Drew over here, uh, yeah. just uh, picking up stuff. And I think that that's a uh, that's kind of a good transition point to what my idea was. My very first pitch, this idea for a horror draft is, I don't want to go in on like just any like websites list of top thirty horror movies ever. I want us each to give like. 10 horror movies that mean the most to us personally and to kind of give people who maybe aren't as in tune with the horror genre as we are kind of some good stepping stones for like where they can get if they're kind of feeling more of a sci-fi horror if they're feeling more of a psychological horror anything like that ways to go with horror it's such an expansive genre you can't just say like oh spooky scary movie make me go ah like it it can be so many different things um and we're going to attempt to cover all of those things tonight with all our categories so we have 10 categories two of them are going to be wild cards the other eight are classic pre-2000 which is already a point of contention yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I if we could have made an addendum, I thought about this uh, while doing this, that we probably should have made classics like pre-1980. Exactly. I mean, I can like, do both Or 1970. Right now. My classic probably <laughs> will be before that time anyways, but I it left the room open for yeah, more things. I mean, that's when I, what I mean when I say that like I, I'm not coming to this as experienced as I would like to be. Um, because when I go on my brand new little Google uh, TV uh, thing, and I tell it to pull up horror movies, so many of the ones that come up are like the OG uh, um, Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, The Invincible Man, The Mm -hmm. Mummy, like these these 30s and 40s horror movies that I have never seen, but I would love to. I would love to, and I, I wish I had more time. So maybe next year. Maybe next year we'll do a horror movie draft that is movies that only came out before the year before the exorcist yeah pre-exorcist <laughs> oh, and post exorcist the e-word <laughs> pre, pre- the e-word <laughs> next category is contemporary so that's like you know 21st century then we're going to do uh supernatural uh then slasher slash monster mm-hmm. so it can be either one yeah uh then campy or horror comedy sci-fi i camp does not mean like friday the 13th just so people know you're not not, yeah it's not sleepaway camp uh psychological and yeah then like i said the the two wild cards so did you say family horror uh yeah so family horror which can be like kind of maybe a lot of people's first introduction to uh, spooky movies whenever you're younger, like some of the Tim Burton films and kind of things like that that are more 
kid friendly, but like, ooh, ghouls. Yes, yes. Um, I will say, I've said this on the podcast before, but I did not grow up watching horror movies. My mom made a point to not let me see any of that stuff. So I had to do a lot of catching up as an adult. So another reason why I just don't feel as uh, well-versed as uh, other people are. Like, for example, um, another guest we were wanting to have on the show, Colin, friend of the pod, he's a guy who loves like that kind of middle tier of yeah. horror movies. That's uh, one of the first ways that me and Colin ever started talking with each other back in like high school was we talked about not great horror movies, but like bc list horror movies yeah. and stuff like that and i must meet colin it's, please yeah no exactly i know that you guys so would many be conversations friends. i don't um, have friends that are into horror so it's too i mean that's one of the things because we were talking about horror has like all these different subsects to it which we're going to try and capture here but also this is just for me personally i think that horror usually has a more steady like a more even floor than most other genres and that's not to say that it necessarily always has as high of a ceiling as many other things, but like I can put on like a kind of like just a mediocre horror movie that's 90 minutes long, just like have a solid time by the time it's over. I can't really say that for like your courtroom dramas. I think that's why horror reaches so many different types of audiences and so many mm -hmm. different types of people, just because like it just has this this visceralness to it where it just no matter where you come from what your background is who you are you're always going to have some sort of reaction to scares mm -hmm. and like this deeper dread and we want we watch horror movies because we want to feel those things it's like this sick masochistic thing obviously depends on the horror movie because you know some are going to be like more entertaining or like intellectual than others but on a basic level most of these movies are just registering that that fear. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and I'm a person who my nerve endings are fried, and I rarely feel anything at all. And I think that that is why I come back to horror so much, is because it's like just create a sensation of me where I feel something because I am dead inside. Any last thoughts, Christine? Before we roll the dice, I'm the dice so of fate. pumped! I'm so excited! I just can't wait. So ah. we're gonna roll. Uh, a die, and whoever rolls the highest number will get to go first. Which we found out during the album draft is not always Yeah. So it'll be a snake draft, right? Yeah, snake draft, so I'll go first, second, third, and then third, second, first, and then kind of so on so forth for ten rounds. Whoever gets third will get two picks in a row, and then it'll swing back to whoever got first having two picks in a row, mm -hmm. and it'll repeat over and over. Okay? So I'm going to roll first. Here we go. A five. Ooh. Five. Pretty high, Christine. Oh, I'm scared. I want to be in the middle. A no. six. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so. It's not bad, but I mean. Five. five. Okay, so. Oh, no, I got six, so I'm probably going second. All right, so it'll go Christine, then me, and then you, Ernest. So two in a row. All right. So you get first pick. Oh my god, I'm shook it. So the number one <laughs> overall pick in the horror film draft. You gotta you can pick in any category, but you gotta tell us the category. And okay. once you pick that category, you're you get locked in. 
Mm-hmm. You can't change the movie after the fact once you pick. Oh my god, I already picked it. I'm already ready. Um, I'm gonna go with slasher because I mm-hmm. have to take this one from everybody. You already know what I'm. Gonna I say. I already know what it's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be Halloween. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, Great pick. I'm not even sorry. That's my favorite. Look, second favorite movie of all time. Favorite horror movie. I love Mike Myers, John Carpenter, everything that went into making that movie. I know that movie back and forth. I'm obsessed with it. I'm surprised I don't have a Mike Myers shirt on, but I have like a million Mike Myers pins and Halloween pins on my jacket. He's on my car. He's the love of my life. Everything. Michael Myers is. Do you just imagine like just long talks with Michael Myers where he just kind of sits there and is silent and next to you? How is he not the perfect man? He remembers important dates. He doesn't talk too much. He celebrates my favorite holiday. I don't see where I could go wrong. That's okay. You know what? You sold me on it. That's some real boyfriend material. I mean, yeah, he he gets a little weird. Of course, this had to be the number one. Yeah. How could it not? Absolutely, just knockout classic movie. We watched this two last year, two years ago. Um, we watched it two years ago in honor of the 2018 Halloween release. Uh, that well, that came out. We we did both. I think two years ago we did Whatever the 4K and the um, the just for the in honor of the 2018 Fire. Halloween movie. That's what it was. Yes, yes, yes. I like Which that. we thought about. <laughs> so, listeners, go back and listen to the episode on the new Halloween. We got heated. About yeah, because I liked it more than anybody else did. Really, I enjoy it. I'm, I, uh, I'm a sucker for this. Is like one of my favorite horror franchises. I don't know if it's exactly my favorite horror franchise. We'll talk about that one later on in this draft. Uh, But I I just, I love all these. I even kind of love the schlocky ones, like H2O. Oh my God. I have some time for that. H6. Yeah. We're not even going to give it the full title. Uh, No, the Rob Zombie ones are bad. Um, But but also Rob Zombie is... Gonna go ahead and say, uh, I'm gonna go on a limb and say that there aren't gonna be any Rob Zombie selections on the list. I think that I can say that unless there's a House of I a Thousand Corpses so. on here. But this OG Halloween, though, it's like kind of the quintessential slasher movie. I would say. I know a lot of people would would give that to Texas Chainsaw because that's kind of it came before, right? Yeah. Like yes. Years before, but this one just kind of blew the doors open and kind of changed the game. Uh, and rightfully so, because it still holds up, you know, this kind of loosely put together movie on a shoestring budget. Just it still fucking hits. And it it made it so, you know, it, it's I always have to remind myself uh, about um, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but the impact that the Manson murders had on America. Oh, for Um, sure. And this was probably a whole decade after that, but it's, it captures a certain fear that probably didn't exist before the Manson murders. Yeah. Well, it it capitalizes on like that, like innate just terror of somebody coming into. It's kind of, it goes into that whole idea because I, there's some other classic movies uh, that came out around this time that would go on to define their own little subgenres of horror. Um, but this movie is so important for not only a slasher genre, but the reason why it infected people's minds is because 
this is just a normal girl in a suburban neighborhood. This is just like the invasion of American suburbia, which is ideal, like in your head, this perfect, very safe place. And kind of this whole idea of like, you are not safe at any time. Um, so my number two pick, I really did not want the number two pick to be honest, because I I had some ideas that I wanted either the number one or the number three, but you know what? I'm going to go with my heart on this one. And, uh, with my pick, I'm going to have some fava beans and a nice Chianti taking silence of the lambs in my, uh, psychological horror category. Um, we did a whole podcast on this, so I won't belabor any of the points too much. Uh, but I think this movie is perfect in every single way. I think everything that Jonathan Demi does is just absolutely excellent beyond excellence. Um, so all the performances. Yeah, and there you go. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> thank you. Academy, go ahead and give me the dub. Um Christine, what are your thoughts on Silence of the Lambs? I freaking love it. I love mm-hmm. Hannibal. Like I, I want to be his friend. Maybe I'm, there's, <laughs> I'm not okay. So I'm not your, okay. Your inner circle right now is Michael Myers and Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal's and I'm excited to see where we to go. The wedding. Okay, all like, right. Is like he the best man? Cake. No, because he might, he might eat me. <laughs> but like, he could be invited. But I love him. Well, he's just like he's a genius. He's smart. Like he knows what he's doing. Who does not, probably everybody, but I was like, who doesn't think of the line like I'm having an old friend for dinner? Like, oh, mm-hmm. come on. It's it's so quotable. That's the thing about this movie that's so good is like, there's just so many lines that have just affected uh, the culture so much. I, <laughs> me and my friends still just like go around just like, oh yeah, was she a great big old fat person? <laughs> do well, that dance. voice. I do. <laughs> the dance. <laughs> I do that dance whenever I'm trying to put a uh, girlfriend of the pod guy in the mood. Oh, she God. always loves it. That's a great pick. Um, we love we love this. We love Buffalo Bill. All right. So now we get to me. And two in a row here. I do have two in a row. And I want to think a little bit strategically here because <laughs> there's a couple of categories where I feel a little thin with my knowledge and i want to make sure that i have things covered um i can help you so my first pick is going to be a sci-fi horror and it's going to be alien that's a great i actually thought about taking that in the first round that's excellent excellent pick i i i think this is a super easy pick for me uh this is a flat-out masterpiece perfect film it's undeniably a horror movie Mm-hmm. with all of the tropes that go with it including the final girl trope and all of the the conventions and the structure of a slasher movie um contained in this spaceship of like basically like space truckers uh who are completely in way over their heads in this situation um and get rattled and slaughtered um <laughs> got some of the greatest uh, practical effects I've ever seen in my life. It's still visceral and upsetting in all the best ways. Sigourney Weaver, the, the queen. Mm-hmm. Great. And I think it might be Ridley Scott's best movie. I agree with I that. I love Blade Runner with all my heart. 
Um, but this one just. You're a big oh, gladiator man, guy. So <laughs> <laughs> this one is timeless. Mm. It's absolutely timeless because you think that a movie that came out in the 70s that was sticking so hard to, to sci-fi and horror uh, tropes would not age the best and that it would be kind of upstaged by more contemporary sci-fi horrors that had bigger budgets and 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 more you know room to expand their their visual palette but you put on alien today in 2020 it looks like it was a uh, it was on tv fairly recently um on i think it well, i guess at this point it was a few months ago it was the last time that i took a trip up to our hometown of tallahassee and just like threw on the first 45 minutes and i was like <laughs> we were about to leave and i was like no wait the the bursting out of the chest scene yes. is coming. Like we have to stay. Like it is the definition of a rewatchable movie where it just has these moments where it's like, I'm in for the next toy minute. I have to see this part of the movie. And it has so many of those moments. And it has the best tagline ever. I mean, in space, no one can hear you scream. That freaks That's me that out. kicks ass. That's <laughs> so good. Like, yes. Again, they, they used to make these posters and <laughs> beautiful. Just just an egg. And it, you didn't even know it was an egg because it's like, it kind of looks like an egg, but it's also like yeah. very alien, obviously. And you're just like, well, I want to see it. <laughs> I would have loved to, been, to be alive to see Alien and Peters. Uh, it's an amazing movie. Second pick here, uh, pretty easy pick for me. I might, things are very cordial right now. I might rattle this table. Someone's going to flip it. I'm going family horror, Nightmare Before Christmas. I knew this was a very I'm not even mad about pick. it. No, I, because the thing is, this is the best family horror movie in my opinion. Like of of any of the movies that this is my personal favorite. But I have other movies that I wanted higher. And I knew that you would go for them. I just rewatched this. So, about this a few weeks ago. <laughs> so good. This is a perfect movie. Like. Mm. Watch it, and you're in awe of what they accomplished with the stop motion. Just, holy shit. Danny Elfman, what a flex. Just <laughs> unbelievable. How did, how did he do this? It's it's insane. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. If you have it, just put it on and on. Yeah, it's like 80 Everywhere, minutes. Yeah. It's so short. It's so short. It's like just basically an opera. There's like very little spoken dialogue. It's pretty much just all set to some kind of music. All the music is excellent. It's so good. Who doesn't love Jack? Oh, oh, I love is, it. Oh, is, is Jack another? Uh, is Jack invited to the wedding? Friend. Yeah, he's, okay. he's there. He's cool. there. What about the alien from Alien? Is he invited? <laughs> is that who you're hoping bursts out of Michael Myers' chest, like when he says I do, and he gives you a little kiss? I would hope it would come out of my chest. <laughs> I had a cyst once, and I would hope that it would burst out like the oh. alien. <laughs> um, my doctor didn't like that, but um, she was not amused. I mean, about like influencing culture you know like that everybody references that yeah but with nightmare i think that we don't have anything like that we were talking about this the other week like how it's kind of like a a slowly dying uh art form stop motion you know oh yeah pile of dogs and it's like whoa well like in kubo and the two strings yeah kubo it's another great one 
great movie yes. great movie and it's you and can like that's the thing is that you can feel the craft in those movies but they just don't make enough of them because it's cheaper and easier to just make things well, on a computer so digital consuming. it's so time it's like just a total lost art form that's i forgot dying. the number of heads they had for jack skellington like there was i forgot how many but a lot like yeah it's a lot i mean all right <sighs> I'm ecstatic that this made this back to me because I this it this is a movie that should have been taken in the first round. This should be in the first line of any time that we were talking about horror movie. Um, trigger warning out there for girlfriend's pod oh, guy if you were listening. Uh, I'm taking The Exorcist. <laughs> um, I talked about this movie, uh, I believe, last week. Uh, this movie has aged like. A god like the fucking fine wine that we are drinking right now. It has aged perfectly <laughs> in every single way. I love this movie. I watch it every single year around Halloween, and it just kind of gets better and better with every single viewing. Um, does really, she know that she's gonna need to sage. The I house. she does know that. Okay. Um, <laughs> she never likes it. Um, <laughs> shout out to Linda Blair, uh, who plays Reagan, just like such an incredibly great child performance um i uh haven't actually watched all of it but quick plug for uh shutter streaming service there's a uh tv show called uh, cursed films and they do a whole episode about the exorcist they do one about poltergeist um and a few other that are really really good but there's so much that went wrong while they were making this film that they just did not think that this production would ever get made but i mean William Friedkin is uh he he's a mastermind. Like this was his blank check project after winning Best Picture, which is so crazy. After yeah, after winning Best Picture and uh, Best Director for French Connection, he went for this movie, which he redefined the genre. Like horror was never the same after The Exorcist. I'm gonna take in Supernatural. Oh, I mean, there's it's a re- yeah, yeah, it's, it's all still about religion. I don't like yeah, this one. It I scares me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what's so cool about it is that it's from 1973, and it still is like terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's no. still haunting. I, I don't like exorcism movies because, like, I grew. I also could not watch horror growing up, and like my parents are religious. We'd go to church, and like. So I would see that and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get possessed. Like, I'm so, oh, that's always like a fear. I know it's correct. I don't know. I already made myself sound crazy. I'm marrying Mike. Hannibal's coming is, to the wedding. Uh, where is the, is Reagan allowed? Is no, possessed Reagan I, allowed to the wedding? No. First off, then my little clown couldn't come. She would ruin the wedding, straight up. <laughs> she would throw up. Crazy. And if she throws up, like, I'm going to throw fuck up. Fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> Then I'm gonna have to fight her, and then she's gonna possess me. And like, I don't like that. Like, I don't want my back to break like that. The the, the scariest thing about this movie is they play it so straight down the Mm -hmm. middle. Like, it's like it's like the scientists don't know what to do. The the doctors don't know what to do. They they exhaust all avenues before calling that's that's the thing that i love is that it's so patient that's one of the things about this movie that's aged so well is that it is it there is like a sense of realism to it and even before halloween uh this movie predates halloween kind of that invasion of kind of 
middle class, maybe upper middle class white culture of like you could have something horrible come to you and completely yeah. ruin your life. It's so cool. I talked about a little bit before about how this movie, more than even being a scary movie, it's about like losing your faith and losing your religion. And that's one thing that has aged so great about just like it's the um priest who originally finds her is just like somebody who's just like i don't think that i'm cut out for this like i don't know if there is a god anymore and like he's dealing with his own stuff with his mother and then he has to see this horrible like satan manifesting in this child it's masterpiece just perfect all right christine you got the next pick two Um, picks oh oh, yes (laughs) oh before i do that you know there was an actual murderer in the exorcist Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, films, love it. I skipped mm-hmm. that episode though because it freaked me out. Yes, he was like a serial killer or something, or like maybe Wait, like a why? baby serial killer. He was like in the MRI scene. He was yeah, a he's he yeah, like he's one of the doctors. I don't think that he has lines, but yeah, he was a yeah, a guy like after. he like lured yeah. a guy home and like killed him. Like, I think I don't. No, I think what that, that happened period, before. Like, I think that happened like the exorcist happened and then he murdered yeah. somebody. He like went to like a nightclub or something and pretend to be a gay guy and he killed this man. Yeah. So I, I see what they mean by cursed films. Yes. Now. It's a very good show. <laughs> Watch it. But just <laughs> not that episode. <laughs> you step foot on, his, on the set thinking you're going to have a career as a background actor. Next thing you know, you're killing I people. I mean, I don't think the movie did it. I think. <laughs> no, no, no. We can blame Friedkin for this one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, next two. Oh my God, I'm shook. I wasn't even... I wasn't... I'll go back to that. Um, I can just start reading those lines real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to go with classic. Because I, I have <laughs> a movie from almost every decade because I was prepared for this one. I'm going to go with Psycho, though. Nice. <laughs> Great pick. Great I'm pick. I'm just saying, listen, I Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, no, it wasn't gonna make it back all the way back to you in the third. I almost didn't because obviously it's like, ah, typical. But like, that was like the first time someone, like the lead actress, got killed off, like in the middle. Like, I I can't remember the time frame, but it's like it's just a third of the way. Maybe it is the middle. Yeah, it's kind of the middle. When I was younger, I never remembered it being that. Like, I saw bits and pieces. But then I watched it again, and I'm like, wait, I thought she, like, died at the end. She doesn't. It's halfway, I think yeah. somewhere between, like, 20 to 30 minutes in, which, it's Hitchcock. It's Hitchcock. And if anybody has watched the movie Hitchcock and, like, the story behind Psycho, that alone is his wife. Amazing. The way she put it together, and then the way he got them to show the toilet, which was so taboo at the time. He's a open. genius. Yeah, an open yes. toilet. It's, ah, God, I mean, this, another movie that if there was probably a couple more people here, this should have been like a first ballot Hall of Famer option. Like this is another movie that, I mean, this was the Exorcist before The Exorcist, like about just like redefining like what spooky movies, what scary movies were. Yeah. He bought, he got them to buy every book on the shelf so that way no one knew the ending like he's a freaking genius i love him also um shout out to the score of that movie which uses um i can't remember what the cadence is it's like a minor 
seventh or something. I, I I'm sorry, my my film. Yeah, but the dun, 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 dun. it's yeah, it's the smallest interval possible that went on to be replicated in things like Jaws and a million other things to create tension and horror. Not even just that uh, theme that everybody knows. The all of the music throughout the entire movie is masterful. I just rewatched this movie because I hadn't seen it in years and years and years. I actually uh, subscribed to Peacock Premium because um, they have all the Alfred Hitchcock movies on. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Maybe I will get a subscription. Not sponsored. This episode is brought to you by Peacock <laughs> Premium. Join the cock. Speaking of cock, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> oh, that's why they have all the movies. That's, yeah, Hitchcock. Peacock. We love cock. I shout out to bernard herman who's the composer for i had to look up his name it's it's a phenomenal movie like it sneaks up on you you know um because you don't realize like how masterful it is off the top uh it starts out it takes its time it starts out kind of slow and once it switches and you start to focus more on norman bates Love oh it. God, what I a love performance. Him. Anthony Perkins. Yes, yes. the last Anthony shot. So His good. face. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's so good. A uh, quick thing, because now I'm reading through uh, Bernard Herrmann, who is a name that I feel like should be talked about more with the great composers. Not only did he make Psycho, North by Northwest, Man Who Knew Too Much, Vertigo, those Hitchcock movies, also composed Citizen Kane, The Day the Earth Stood Still, uh, the original Cape Fear, Fahrenheit 451, Taxi Driver, so shout out to Bernard Herrmann. I feel like he's not talked about enough for like how incredible he is as a classical composer. So what category was he missing? That was classic. Okay. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Of course. <laughs> That's a true classic. I had I had to take it while I had the chance. What's your next pick? Um, I'm gonna do family to give everybody a break. And I'm gonna go with one that's so underrated but amazing. And I would say it's right up there with Nightmare Before Christmas, Paranorman. Nice, you have the Paranorman I just back got here my and backpack everything. today. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's amazing. It's honestly, I think more people need to see it. It's it's funny. It's it's just real. Like he deals with he sees ghosts and like his family's like, Wah. no, you don't. And then there's like a whole little like witch story because I don't want to give anything away. But it's it's just genius. I watched it like on a whim. A couple years ago, and I was like, "This is funny." And then they do a little callback to Halloween, so maybe I'm biased. They have the the mask and the music, but it's just funny. And I think like people that feel like they're outcasts can relate to him, even though it's like a kid movie. It's just so real. Like I can also see it being like a live action movie too. It's not just like, "Oh, it's a little kid movie," and we're singing. Like, no, it's it's so. I don't even know what Mm -hmm. else to say, but I love it. I mean, I don't think so. It's like, it's tame, but like there's ghosts and like they live in a town where there was um, witch trials. I don't know if it's necessarily Salem. I can't remember. But I love that he's kind of like a little boy from the sixth sense and like he doesn't really have friends except for his grandma. And like she's a ghost and like he says hi to all the other ghosts in the town and people think he's just crazy and oh, it's just wonderful. It's, uh, it's Laika who also did um, Kubo. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah, and I have to be honest, I haven't seen Paranorman before either. Like, I really Stop. need to check this out. I really, because I've heard nothing but great things about it before. It's so good. It it's adorable, but it's, it's also funny, too. It's on Netflix right now. So, pretty easy watch if you are trying to get spooky, but not too yes. spooky. All right, so those are your two picks. It's back to you, Hunter. So I'm at a spot here where there's a few movies that I really, really love, but I'm almost positive that they won't be taken by you. You could have some wild cards towards me, but I'm not positive. So instead, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go in the sci-fi category, and I'm going to go ahead and take John Carpenter's The Thing. Speaking of alien and kind of the themes of isolation and kind of going completely stir crazy, that's what the thing is all about. Like the thing is not really about what it is that's out there, but it's about what happens when a group of people are together and you are completely cut off from society. It's uh, imagine if we were uh, in the pandemic right now and like there was no Internet or cell phone service and you and were completely was, alone and people took it serious. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, like you could not go so outside. So if we were Canada. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and like gross, disgusting body horror monsters were. I yes. God, I just re I think I had not seen this movie since I was like a teenager. And I just rewatched it like about uh, a couple weeks ago in preparation for doing this draft. And like, God, this movie is so fucking good. John Carpenter is just the a god tier director because yes. the thing that makes this movie so great to me is that like, or one of the main things is how different it is from Halloween. It shows like how versatile he is as a director that he doesn't just know how to make one type of slasher like one type of horror movie with the slasher he can make something that's very psychological and like will kind of just make seeing people slowly unravel and slowly go insane um shout out to of course kurt russell who is the main lead he is great but really uh keith david yeah. i fucking oh, love in this movie wilford brimley who plays the doctor yeah. so, <laughs> I, love I that guy. thought about this movie because i i rewatched it fairly recently and with that character, like, it's, maybe I need to rewatch it, but it's, it's tough to understand, like, at what point they're being, quote unquote, possessed by the thing. Mm -hmm. At one point, like, you're looking at somebody and it's like, are they them or are they already turning? And there's a couple scenes with that character where it's like, you think that it's the guy. You think that he's just still him. But then, given what happens later on in the movie, you think back and it's like, wait, was he, like, already turning at that point? And that's part of, like, the intrigue of this movie. It's like that, sort of that psychological... You could almost put this in psychological. Yeah, definitely. Because you don't know when the characters are interacting with each other if they're really there. Yeah, as humans, and there's a whole scene—the scene with the blood. With the oh my yes. god! Oh my so god! So good. <laughs> it, it revolves entirely it's... around that. 
so many things about this movie have just like aged really well. I think the tech from this movie has like just aged. It's the thing that's aged the best and aged the worst because for one year it's like, okay, we have better like service now for contacting people or like more than just like one car in case things go wrong or one helicopter. But also I think that that adds so much to the movie. Yeah, the movie, it's just like we have one ham radio. It's a snowstorm outside, so we can't contact anybody. It's it's so cool. I the actual monster effects of uh when the thing first emerges from the dog is like really really haunting. <laughs> it's so good. It it looks like a creature from Resident Evil. Is like honestly what it, like you can tell they definitely just looked at the thing and there's like all right, let's just completely kind of rip this off and model our monsters based off of this. I I would put this movie in like the pantheon of practical creature effects. Thousand percent. Yeah. Of course. All right. So it comes back to me. I, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like (laughs) I got to make a decision right here because when I'm looking at my different categories, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta cover my bases because what happened with the album draft is I got to a point where like I felt like I had to play catch up in a couple of different categories at the end because I didn't do enough work to like fill those spots early on when there were more choices. So I kind of want to learn from my mistakes. Um, and so I'm going to go with Slasher Monster and I'm really leaning Yes, fuck yes. I'm so glad that this movie got drafted. I just watched this the other day for the first time. Wow, what a movie. It sticks with you. I did not get as much of a reaction um, immediately after watching the movie, other than like that was a great movie. But now after like thinking about it and like reading some articles about it, watching some like YouTube analysis, holy crap bomb. Another bomb pick mm-hmm. from Mr. Bong Joon Ho. Um, this one was the one that kind of like blew up. Yep. It was like a huge, huge success. It was Korea. it was a success outside of South Korea. This was the first movie that he really made that like yeah. kind of hit more internationally. So it's it's a pretty straight up just kind of monster movie. A little bit of like a family like rescue sort of movie where like family members are trying to rescue one of the family, um, you get to see the monster in all its glory several times during the movie. But digging a little deeper, it's actually because you know I'm still riding high on the the parasite. Thing, you know, the last so movie hard. to ever win Best Picture. Um, yeah. So my <laughs> the Academy's my dead now. <laughs> Bong Joon Ho is like he's capable of like high art metaphor, uh, you know allegory storytelling i didn't quite feel that as much with the host while i was watching it but after the fact i'm just like this movie is about america and it's about how america sucks (laughs) and it's about how we like ruin everything uh and we create we leave this disgusting fallout in our wake as we impose our rules over the world and that's a 
huge part of what the monster in this movie represents. It represents America's presence in Korea and in Japan and in the this Asian, uh, like East Asian Pacific area. You know, we dropped the fucking atomic bomb on them, you know? So even decades and decades and decades after the fact, their culture is still grappling with that. And they're making movies like this that portray the United States and, and sort of the new American imperialism as a monster. It's genius. I'm so I'm not even mad that you got this just because I'm just happy that this movie is going in the third round because I, I fucking love this movie so much. This is the second. This was as, before Parasite came out. My favorite Bong Joon-ho movie. Um, I just think that this movie is perfect. You're right that like it is more understated some of the allegory and stuff. And I think that. He the, he did like super understated with the host, and then went way overboard with the allegory and Snowpiercer, Which and then I found I really I really like Snowpiercer too, even if it's the most it's like very very on the nose, and then kind of find found the perfect happy middle ground with Parasite. But no, I really love this movie. His main inspiration behind watching this, um, which I also I have on for my honorable mentions, is the original Godzilla film, um, which is another movie that has. Aside from the monster rising out of the water elements to it, um, is also a movie about kind of grappling with post nuclear fallout in your region and like what that is like. And you can definitely feel those elements throughout the host. Um, have you ever seen the host, Christine? I've not seen that or Parasite. Oh my I'm God, behind. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> no. I haven't been mentally prepared because so many people were telling me so much about it, and I was like, I'm not ready yet. It's on Hulu. Coming on the Criterion. It's on the Criterion channel now. Or it's on the Criterion now, not on the channel. Yeah. Uh, I think, where did we watch Parasite? Parasite's on Hulu. Sorry, uh, the host. I think I watched the host on Hulu as well. Um, Maybe it's on Amazon Prime. I have all of these things. It all all (laughs) blends together. Um, It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. The host is straight up like a monster movie. And it, it leans into like a lot of like the action elements of the monster. Uh, there is a lot of terror and peril. Um, but, you know, if you're into like intense horror, it doesn't do that as much. What it really does is like it creates like really good characters that you hang on to. The performances are amazing. And you really care about these people and whether or not they're going to survive these horrific events that are happening. Um, Parasite is not a horror movie, although. <laughs> subgenre. If it's so a subgenre, I'm not going to put it on the list, but I mean, I, that movie is uh, it's, it's perfect in every way. Also, shout to Song Kang Ho, who it's, is. Yeah. He's well. He's in like every Bong movie. He's in Parasites and Memories of a Murder, which is also a really, really good crime movie from Bong. Snowpiercer, of course, he's in that as well. I have another pick here, and I'm looking at some of my categories. Some of them I wrote down a lot of movies, or some I didn't. So I got to be very strategic here about the category that I'm filling right now. And I think I'm gonna go classic. And I think I'm gonna go with David Cronenberg's The Fly. Oh. 
<laughs> Damn. I really wanted to get that with my next pick. That's a great, great pick. Yeah, take it while you can. Son of a bitch. I had a dream that my mom married him and he became my stepdad. <laughs> yes. That's a great dream. Damn. We love him. Uh, he puts on probably the best performance he's ever given. Oh, thousand percent. Yeah, it's Slimy, so good. Gross, oh, yeah. Also, like, kind of hot, and like you root for him and you care about him. Um, this is an unbelievable movie. I mean, if we're talking about pantheon of of uh, practical creature effects, like this is this is up there because they leave legion. Like that's what the movie's about. It's about this guy deteriorating and transforming. Um, and what it descends into, you think you're ready for, and then you watch the movie, <laughs> and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> this is so much more extreme than I could have ever imagined. Um, that's what you're there for. I mean, obviously, there's, a, there's like, like little subplots here and there that like aren't really memorable, but when you're just in the lab with Goldblum and just seeing him like fall apart literally and figuratively it's it's affecting it's horrific it's disgusting um it's sad it's so yeah. sad it's really That's a tragic like, movie it's so depressing it's so sad yeah it's kind of like the inverse of beauty and the beast where it's just Aww. he's slowly becoming the beast, and then beauty is just like dipping out. She's like, I gotta go. Well, I mean, what can you do at that point? Like, <laughs> he's becoming go. a fly man. I don't know what to do. It's like B movie. If beauty had a baby beast inside of her, oh, she's like, get it out. God, I I just rewatched this movie uh, like a few days ago, actually, and like, god damn, this movie is so good. Jeff Gold, you are right, like that. He does find this middle ground where he's like really disgusting but also really hot and like in a couple of scenes tweaking out of his goddamn mind when he's just like pouring sugar in his coffee and he's just like yeah no i'm just like i'm on another level right now like you gotta go you gotta do this you gotta go through the portal man now let me tell you just go through the fucking portal <laughs> so fucking good cronenberg is uh i mean he is like the god of body horror like he is oh. the guy the for that yes with every iteration of the transformation. I, I feel like if this movie were to be made today, they would have like half as many variations on what you see him transforming into the fly. Um, in this movie, every single shot, essentially, like every scene, it's slightly more grotesque. Mm -hmm. like like very very minute um it, it doesn't feel because i don't know i feel like there's been other movies like this like i can't think of any right now but like where you have like here's the scene where he's fine here's mm -hmm. the scene where he's like not as fine and here's the scene where he's like really falling off the cliff and they like really postmark like the differences in the transgression so you can tell like okay like there's there's definite breaks, but in this movie, with the, the the makeup and the practical effects, it's such a deliberate and slow descent in the transformation. It's 
God, I'm making myself want to watch it again right now. It's so good. It's <laughs> uh, a great any, pick. Any other thoughts on this classic scene before we move on? Oh, just like a good classic, but like it grosses me out at the same time. Like I look at it and I'm like, I can't look away, but ugh. like I can see it in my head right now. And I'm like, I don't like it, the but end. I like it. Ooh. The end. <laughs> Spoilers for the fly if you haven't seen it. <laughs> when he puts the barrel of the gun. Oh. It's like it's really just yeah, you're watching like a a tragedy happen just like in front of your eyes this whole movie. So those are my two picks. Um all right. Well, I had one movie lined up, and then I realized that uh, none of us have drafted this movie so far, and we are now in the fourth round. And uh, it's time to get my guy Stanley Kubrick on the board. I'm taking The Shining. Naturally. Yeah, and I was thinking The Fly in a different movie, and I because I didn't even realize this was still here. I mean, I this The Shining. I mean, it's like what? Yeah, I'm putting it in the classics. Um. Interesting. What uh what else can be said about The Shining? Like Jack Nicholson, his performance is so good. Shelley Duvall is incredible. Um shout out to Scatman Crothers. Love that guy. I just think that this movie is like the ultimate flawless like another I'm developing a theme here with isolation movies of people just being completely cut off from society yeah I think that that, maybe that is a thing why these movies are so affecting to me that like rewatching them just like oh I can really feel I'm like starting to just become a little uh (laughs) a little Jack Torrance just uh, all work no play makes Jack an old boy um yeah uh, poor girlfriend of the pod guy um I I mean this movie is perfect. Like it's 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 my guy Stanley Kubrick. I was actually we were talking about before pod about uh if um another one of those movies, A Clockwork Orange, was eligible or not for this, but staying more true to classic horror, this is this isn't a movie that needs discussion. This is a horror movie and is watching just this one man completely unravel before your eyes over the course of two hours and 26 minutes just a nightmare and you know talk about slow burn oh yeah like you don't feel it and before you know it you're you're in it you know you're absolutely in it with the axe and all the craziness you see and and whatnot are they even ghosts i don't know oh yeah once again shout out lady yeah the oh god it's that's like true that's like cronenberg body horror just seeing that like transformation they're just like walking towards you also once again shout out to the music uh from Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind, the boom, boom, yes. boom, boom. It's been stuck in my it's head. Just, it, it. it just has this, there's so much about this movie. It's just like earworm burned into your brain forever. Anytime I see a carpet that slightly resembles that at a hotel, I immediately get nervous. And I'm just like, maybe we should find a different hotel tonight because I don't like this. That's yeah. That's a whole other thing, which is like a lot of those are stupid about how Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing, and they're like, and if you look at the carpet, 
kind of looks like a, a spaceship landing on the moon. <laughs> Have you ever seen the, the documentary, the Apollo or oh, the? No. It's a. Room 237. Oh, wait, yeah, I have. I think I probably fell asleep, though. It's so long. It's kind of interesting, just kind of, like, because I sometimes like going on r slash conspiracy theories just mm-hmm. to see what people uh, think, but I, I don't buy into it. Thoughts on The Shining? Oh, it's great. I love it. But I think reading the book last year ruined it a little. Yeah, same. Yeah. Because now when I watch it, I think like, oh, but in the book, this happened, and they could have added this, and I... Well, have you seen Dr. Seuss? Yes. Yeah, apparently they tried to... They, like, apparently combined, like, the two, which I thought the Dr. Sleep was good. I liked it. It's a cute... There's a cute cat. I, I mean, I like the book... Uh, the Shining and the movie The Shining separate from each other. I'd still yes. say the movie is better, to be honest. I mean, I um, like both separate. But yeah, but like if he's supposed to go crazy, yeah, I would go with the book. Like, cause Jack Nicholson just got the eyebrows that like he already looks like. Like I, I enjoyed Doctor Sleep, but the idea of there being like this sort of mystical force that's like influencing people that's just not as like interesting to me as a sick man who gives in to his alcoholism yeah it's just like it's a movie kind of just about alcoholism about if you're isolated from everybody relapse and like how likely that is definitely ghosts though a hundred percent yeah but they prey on those that are uh more weak of the mind which are a child and Danny and Jack, who's a like alcoholic who is facing this extreme writer's block that he can't get over. I also don't like how Tony is like the boy that lives in his mouth. That's like I like the finger Tony. thing, but I don't Tony. like the uh, red rum, red rum. I just don't like that he's like Danny's he's in my not mouth. here right now, Mrs. Torrance. Yeah, I'd probably off that kid. I'm gonna go with. Horror comedy. Oh, okay. We got our first one in common. Yes. Uh, this one's hard for me because I think one of these is going to be an honorable mention, but uh, I'm going to have to go with what we do in the shadows. Great pick. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. Like, but it's so. It's so good. Uh, I love Taika. Can't figure out how to say his last name. YTT. Thank you. I was going to say yeah, I can't even still say it. I just love it, especially like when people are like, I don't really like horror comedy. I'm like, no, you got to see this. And then everybody I know that I've said, you have to see this. They're like, but it sounds scary. And I'm like, it's not scary at <laughs> no, all. It's scary. Is Pita? it just spooky Pita? faces? Is it just Pita? It's Pita yeah. <laughs> but it's just, I love mockumentaries as well. And I just, it's, oh my god it's hilarious i can't it's quotable too mm-hmm. like dead but delicious i say that about everything <laughs> this is a great pick. have you have you watched the show oh, well? i haven't seen the new season but yes the show was great too it's the uh, the show is also just really good like i just i love this everything the movie and because at first i was kind of hesitant about the show i was like oh well i mean the movie is kind of like perfect like it's hard for it to reach that level but the show is also great Werewolves, not swearwolves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good, and like I just I love that kind of like dry humor, and like when he's standing and showing them things, this like awkward smile. I love him. 
I love it. And then like they get the new guy that goes off the rails. Like, I love it. I want to be a vampire now. Mm-hmm. So the wedding is at night. You're going to be one of those um, <laughs> familiars. Yes. I think that that was that movie is the first time that I uh, became introduced to the idea of a familiar, which maybe I haven't seen enough like old classic. Uh, I haven't seen like a uh, um, classic vampirical things like a Witchfinder General and stuff like that that more introduced the idea. But so this movie falls into a letterbox list that I have called the Ninety Minute Club. Oh. Um, we've actually dropped a couple movies tonight that fall into this list, but movies that you can just throw and get a full experience out of them. Um, horror is great for that because yeah. there's so many horror movies that just kind of the best. A lot of times, the best horror movies just kind of get in and out. So in my horror class, what we learned was like I forgot the exact time frame, but they're like after this amount of time, like that's it. Like any extra minute. You gotta like keep me interested, so that's why mm-hmm. they're around like eighty, ninety minutes, and like it's perfect. And yeah. you don't need a lot of backstory; you can have it, but like you don't need it. You need the spooks. Yeah, for the most part, Blood. you kind of just want to get in and out. Like especially with kind of more, like less. Uh, I'll call them like art house horror movies. It's like kind of people know what they're there for, and they're like, "All right, let's move this along. Let's get to the spooky shit." feel like I'm not really worried that any of my others are going to be taken, so I'm torn <laughs> of what I'm going to pick. Um, yeah, you don't want to be stuck like not being able to pick. Them. Oh, I have plenty of options. I have, <laughs> I have backups on backups on backups. Um, this is going to get potentially controversial, but for sci-fi, I'm going to go with Terminator because it's technically a horror. Yeah. Yep. I, I'll allow it. I, I, oh, uh, yeah. It's like an action horror thriller. It fits into the the slasher sort of mold for sure. Well, yeah, he's going around and killing people. I'm afraid of robots. This movie is like I'm not into like I love mind technology, but I'm so convinced that robots are gonna come after me and like the ride it or the experience at Universal, like when they would look at you. Oh, it freaked me the fuck out. Yes. I'd be like, they're real. It's going to happen. But like, can you like imagine like this man that's like just strong as shit coming after you? Like, I'm going to kill you. Like, I can't. It's upsetting to me. Like, I watch it and then I'm paranoid afterwards. Like, I'm convinced that robots are just going to come. And like get me, and I'm like, no, I don't like it. Like the stress this movie puts me through, but I love it. James Cameron, he's a man. Mm. I ride hard. I, I like that. <laughs> and I mean, this is a classic thing. I'd say that Alien, to a lesser extent, but like Terminator, it's one of those things where like drastic genre shift from number one to number two. Like Terminator Two is a hundred percent not a horror movie. I'd say that Aliens kind of just isn't a horror movie. It has like certain elements that maybe you can make an argument for it being it, but yeah, like it's not, it's the, and I feel the same way about T2 where T1 does have like enough that's there of that kind of like slasher type role that uh, Cameron is working off of. And then T2 is just like, we're an action franchise. That's, that's where it is. Oh, I mean, yeah, T2 is incredible. Probably my, of the, of the franchise. That's definitely my favorite, but like, 
Oh, this one freaks me out. Like I can think of like just the scenes with him and like the cover and like I would look at it in like the video store and I'd be like, ugh. So I saw it and I just it just upsets me, but I love it at the same Man, time. Oh my god, yes. Like, he is so robotic. It works. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a great uh-huh. pick. All right, um, so we are now in round five. At the end of this round, we can do a little recap of where we're at. Um, I am currently stalling as I am picking between a couple different options <laughs> here because I know Ernest has two in a row. <sighs> I'm going to take... Hmm. Ernest, do you have a, a contemporary horror movie yet? I do not. Okay, then I'm going to go ahead and take Get Out from Jordan Peele um I mean it's a masterpiece like it's it really is just absolutely incredible what Jordan Peele was able to create with his debut feature something that works so well as a social commentary as well as an effective horror movie this kind of takes like the like get out of the house um that whole sub genre of horror and advances it to another place that hadn't been before by adding all these social elements about racial dynamics and not like classical racial dynamics, like uh, just flat out racism of white people don't like black people. It's white people are obsessed with black people, which is something that like I had never seen before that kind of, that what that was put on film i think that it's one of the best films of the decade easily um it was my favorite movie of 2017 and i i mean the performances are incredible i am buying every piece of jordan peele stock in the world and i am holding on to it for the rest of my life now um i think that i have it at stall for me for a bit i'm gonna pull up my best of the decade list because I, I have it's it a over good here movie but i'm uh, people get really upset when i talk about like his like you know get out or us i like us so much better like well, i think uh, us is, i really like us a lot too like get out is good but like us like oh everything about it i just think it was a million times better of the two i mean get out was still amazing so we didn't It was one of my honorable mentions on there. I have it in the teens range. But you said it's one of your favorites. Yeah. I mean, a lot of movies come out in the decade. It's in my top 20. Not good enough. I didn't even they Came Together is kind of a horror movie. It's almost like uh, New York is a character in this podcast. That's a great pick, though. I love that pick. Um, not as good as my pick that's coming up, though. Oh, oh. So, let's see here. Um, I think that I'm going to go in the horror comedy category and pick Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Oh, that's a great one. Classic. Yeah, great one, great one. Uh, Yeah, Edgar Wright, love him. in the running for his best movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say I love so. Scott Pilgrim. 
Oh, so yeah. much. I have a poster, but as a movie, I think this just works the best. It has some of the best comedy, some of the best horror, some of the best like sequences in terms of action and editing. I love Hot Fuzz too. Uh, love Baby Driver, but Shaun of the Dead, I think, just fires on all cylinders. And I think that it nails both the horror and the comedy. It gets spooky. It gets hilarious. Uh, it balances it all super well. It's got that Edgar Wright like snaz snaz to it. Um, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, like whole crew, love it. Great movie, awesome movie. It's perfect. It's yeah, I I really love this movie. I did a. uh... A cheat to put this on our top five apocalyptic movies where I paired this with Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> I think my like my number two is like it's Dawn of the Dead slash Shaun of the Dead, uh, because I think that this movie is just it works so well. It is it just it's aged aged really well. It's a great TV movie. Like I that's how I remember seeing it for the first time, I think was it was just playing on like fx or something like that growing up and it's like kind of flipped it on and then was just in and it was just on tv all the time and now i have the blu-ray of it and i've seen it since then but it's just amazing it's so good it's there's, so funny there's one that i have i cannot say it yet it could be an honorable mention but if you like Shaun of the dead i have a suggestion for another one but oh, yeah. i think i know the movie that you're talking about here okay. <laughs> um and I think I have to, I have to go in my contemporary category, which is the category that I have the most movies written down for, because it's just you know, like I said earlier, I didn't watch a lot of movies when I was young, so I've been catching up, and as I catch up, I watch all the new ones that come out. Um, but looking at this list, the bottom half of the list, I wouldn't say are like actually horror movies you know like they're 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 a little spooky they're a little creepy they're a little weird but they i wouldn't call them like flat out horror so i'm gonna pick something near the top half of the list that is a hundred percent a horror movie there's so many subgenres, though i could tell you about all of them for days <laughs> it is robert eggers the witch, the witch yeah uh, it needed to be drafted Mm-hmm. Transported piece of art. That's what Eggers does. He picks a time, a point in time, and through the magic of movie making, builds a time machine to put you in that time. And with this movie, he was like, I'm going to bring you to Salem, Massachusetts, or, you know, ballpark Salem, Massachusetts. And give you a story of a girl who was accused of being a witch. And what happened in her home to get to that point. And the terror and the intensity of what was going on. And, you know, there's some people that say that, like, there's some corny things in this movie. But, you know, corniness is part of the genre sometimes. You yeah. gotta, like, use it to your advantage. But this movie doesn't, like... It doesn't hinge on those scenes and it doesn't like falter to them because there are sequences in this movie that feel like you're not watching a movie. Like you feel like you're literally in this 16, what is it? 1500, 1400? 
old. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's uh <laughs> very. I, it's colonial yeah. time. It's like 1400s, 1500s. Yeah, yeah. Do it's, well it's in history. Pilgrim, pilgrims. Um, colony, and you're there. You're there, and you're experiencing a. I don't even know what to call it. A possession. Yeah. A haunting. Uh, fucking crazy shit goes on. And there's one scene in particular where you forget you're watching a movie. The acting, the cinematography, the music, it all clicks and you feel like, oh my god, these people are actually like being fucking possessed right now. Like a haunting is actually happening. Um, but it's not the same show. Thank I'll, you, Robert Eggers. I'll just say, like, nobody is better at shooting a haunting woods than David Lynch. But Robert Eggers is a very close second with the witch. Like the way that he just lets the camera just like linger on just a sprawling set of trees. That's completely like just blackness in between them. And you just have just this like kind of very slowly building choir coming in the background. That's just like, it's so bone chilling. Oh, I'm sorry. The Viva itch. Listen, it's the Viva itch. It's uh. So you actually forfeit your pick. Yeah, so it doesn't count. Yeah. Um, what Dallas likes to live deliciously. I actually don't oh. like this movie. <laughs> like I can't get into it. We really. For Black Phillip here. I try. I try to watch uh, it like four times and I've fallen asleep. It just doesn't. Yeah, it takes its time. It's a very, it's a very slow building movie. Did you ever see The Lighthouse? I haven't watched that one yet. We were talking about that the other day. That's also yeah. Technically a horror movie, I yes. I, really? Does that? I guess it. I guess kind of. No, it's in the category. It's a rom. I'm literally going to bring up. <laughs> it's it's more of like a buddy cop film. Yeah, it's a rom. <laughs> I'm bringing a printout of a PowerPoint that has all the like. Sub-genres. Honestly, it's kind of like I put like I would put Lighthouse in the same category that I put Brokeback Mountain in. Just about two really men it's a falling in love. It's a that could still be a horror movie. Love is scary and love horrible. it. You know what? I'm saying that to people that are. So you're like saying rom coms are back on the table when Harry Met Sally is back on the table. Yeah. That's a- <laughs> Listen. We've reached the halfway point. Should we? You guys want to take a break before we recap? Let's. Uh- yes, I have a baby bladder. Okay. All right. Let's take a little break and then we'll be back. second half of our picks so we just did five rounds we're gonna do five more so let's recap the first five rounds um so i'll start i picked in slasher monster bong jun ho's the host um actually um maybe i should do it in order so my first pick was alien um in sci-fi horror then nightmare before christmas and family then I did the host in Slasher Monster. Then I went ahead and picked the fly in Classic. And then Shaun of the Dead and Campy slash Horror Comedy. 
And then I started the next round that we're about to get into with Robert Eggers, the witch. So um, I went first round pick, had to do it to him. Psychological horror, Silence of the Lambs, one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Came back around to me in the second round, snagged The Exorcist in Supernatural. Um, third round pick, went ahead and got sci-fi with The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, fourth round, how's it still there for me? Oh my God, I have to take it, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. And then fifth round, uh, contemporary, Get Out. All right. For slasher, I went with Halloween. For classic, Psycho. Family, Paranorman. Um, for horror comedy, What We Do in the Shadows. And sci-fi, Terminator. All three block. Love it. Look, I'm loving all of our drafts so far. I'd watch all these movies. So, like I just said, I started the next round with The Witch, so we're back to you, Hunter, with the next pick. So... I'm with something, and you guys can overrule this if you want. Um, I'm going to leave this up to you. If, if, if it's overruled, then that's fine. I can put in a different category. But for my next pick, I'm going to pick something that is, um, well, I'll just, I'll just say it. It's 28 days, 6 hours, oh, wow. 42 minutes, 12 seconds. That is when the world will end. I'm taking Donnie Darko. In what category? <laughs> uh, in family. What it's it's a coming family? of age movie. Not, I know that you're not raising that family with It's a coming guys. of age you movie. Not it's a com- this. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll put it in wild card. Um, I was going to be like, yeah, that's a psychological. <laughs> the I, I thought about it and I was like, this is going to get overruled, but I'm going to try it anyways. I'm going to put Donnie Darko in there. Um, It's one of my favorite movies ever. I watch this movie like once every like three or four months. That's not an exaggeration. I have the Arrow Blu-ray. It comes with a whole bunch of uh, goodies and everything, including the theatrical and the director's cut. I just think that this movie is like, it's so funny. Like that's really, really underrated about this thing, about this movie is how funny it is. Like, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and Jake Gyllenhaal and the first scene where there's ever dialogue it's them at the dinner scene Maggie Gyllenhaal is like well how exactly does one suck a fuck huh (laughs) it's so good (laughs) one of Loki the funniest lines in cinema history is when Donnie goes to the bus stop with his friends and there's like hey Donnie you want a cigarette and he's sitting there smoking he's just like good shit huh he's like it's a fucking cigarette (laughs) it's so funny I, I love this movie um the soundtrack of it yeah no it makes so much i don't understand why people don't get this movie it makes as much sense as pretty much like as much as the fly does or the thing or any of those other movies like it's just kind of a movie about time travel and stuff but it's not really about that the sci-fi elements are kind of peripheral to it this really is kind of like a coming of age movie is what this is about and it's about a kid who sleepwalks and has paranoid schizophrenia is like really what this movie is about if you want to strip it down to its bare bones but there's so much more heart and life to this movie um all of the cutaways to donnie and frank together are just 
incredibly like gripping it incredibly gripping horror cinema because i think that frank has such a unique look to him that you've never seen before that bunny suit with the mask i've never seen anything that sort of looks like that before in a movie and i just i can't get enough of this film i what are your guys' thoughts on Donnie darko i've never had a comedy about Donnie darko i've only just watched it recently i'm pretty i don't know if you were there when i was telling guy that i only just saw it recently um i don't know why because i think we were supposed to watch it in my psychology class in high school like 80 years ago um but I like it. I listen, I did listen to a podcast about it before I watched it, and I feel like that influenced some of the things. Like they were like, "Oh, he's so angsty," and I'm like, "Yeah, like it's almost like obnoxious how like salty he is all the time." I mean, maybe because like I'm not a teenager anymore, and I don't hate everything. Well, I hate everything, but I don't hate everything like that. Um, I don't know. See, I think yeah. It works. I think the- I think that's like honestly, it, there's an argument that it's Jake Gyllenhaal's best performance. No way. I think he is so no. fucking Have you not good. Seen October Sky. I, he, I no Sky. no, but I think that that period. I not seen source code. There is a ch- <laughs> there is a chance that like 40 years from now we could look back and just be like, man, was Gyllenhaal's best performances like in the first like 10 years of his acting career I'm saying this as somebody who fucking Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my favorite actors alive I'm saying that right now like yes I'm I'm not I'm not saying that I am making that argument I'm just saying this is one of my favorite performances that he has ever given and it's very underrated I think that part of the problem is that Richard Kelly the director writer and director of this film hasn't made like any other movies of note yeah he did southland tales which gets a lot of hate a lot of people don't like that movie i've never really seen they it. tried to make a uh s darko about samantha darko the little sister uh from Donnie darko that richard kelly had no involvement in and i refused to see it apparently it's like unforgivably bad and oh, just also just really it. boring like, which is, uh, I'm all for watching, like, just, like, really schlocky movies, but apparently it's really boring, too. Um, and this is one of my favorite movies ever, so I, I gotta have it on the list. I gotta take I it. I mean, the bunny scares the shit out of me. Like, I don't like to think about that at night when I'm in bed, because then I'm like, ugh, he's in my room. But, like, okay, spoilers. In the ending, when he, like, fixes, like, the whole loop, that, like, child molester guy, like, he doesn't he doesn't get caught i don't like that well and i think that that's so i think that the score or the score and the soundtrack of this movie like do a lot of telling the movie i i see like so personally i don't like the director's cut as much as i like the theatrical cut because i think the director's cut is a little bit too handholdy through the stuff i would rather be not like walked through the steps of how time travel works and just kind of like be able to kind of put the pieces together in my head on my own. That's why David Lynch is one of my favorite filmmakers ever is because he will not hold your hand even when you are pleading for it. Um, But I think that the soundtrack does so much to elevate this movie, not only just uh, 
head over heels playing as they walk into the school, which is like one of my favorite scenes, like just a one or take just as they enter into the school, my favorite scenes in any movie ever, but also kind of just establishes that you're like, okay, I know the time and place we are in the late eighties. We are like in high school. This is what's playing. But then you have the really tragic Phil Collins cover of the tears for fear song, mad world playing as the end of the film plays and that is like if you just kind of like strip that song apart it's like kind of singing about just we are in this like mad world right now and like things may seem familiar but they are all kinds of out of sorts and whenever things feel disoriented it's because like oh well there's still like pedophiles out on the loose there's still like all these bad things that are happening out in the world and you cannot fix everybody's problems I mean, yeah, but it just makes me mad because I just don't want no, this house to get burnt down. Damn Shout out to Patrick so. Swayze, who's also great in this movie. Yeah. And yeah, and, and we need to, I, I want more Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal together. They have incredible chemistry. Why don't you, they're brother they're and sister. Just related. put them together. Yeah, exactly. Just put, make more movies with the two of them together. Well, apparently that's his best movie, so you don't get to watch that. I didn't say that it's his best movie. I'm just saying it's one of his best performances. Very underrated. Feel like it is underrated. Seen the day after tomorrow. <laughs> oh. oh, well, don't spoil my other wildcard pick. I yeah, no, if anything, that. I'll hear an argument for John Mulaney's uh sack lunch bunch for one of his best performances. <laughs> I could do a goddamn thesis paper on that performance <laughs> in the sack lunch bunch. All right, I'm going to go with Supernatural because my choice is probably going to be real fast because I don't think anybody's seen it, but it's terrified. No, no, I've heard of it before, but I haven't seen it. Yes, uh-huh. it's on Shudder. Super scary. Like, um, it is uh, an Argent... I can't... From Argentina. Argentina. The poster is horrifying. (laughs) No. If you don't mind subtitles, which I'm pretty sure this is like a room full of people that do not, it is super fucking scary. Like, this poster's like changing my life. No, you will (laughs) like it. It's, we had to, I took a horror class this summer and like jump scares and stuff was part of, I don't remember if we watched the scenes from it for the jump scares class but i mean i've watched enough horror movies to know like oh it's coming maybe i'll jump this like this one scene legitimately like freaked me the fuck out and i was like oh no 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 like i was sitting and i was like something's gonna be behind me now like i'm actually it's so good it's like these like ghosts i don't even know but they're like the neighbors are like this guy's banging on the walls and they can't figure out why and he's like going crazy and he gets this like kind of like this group of paranormal investigators and just like how it all unfolds. It's just, it's, I, I just want, I want both of you to I watch really it. I really want to check it out. Yeah. It's have so you, good. Have you watched a lot of stuff that's like only on Shutter? I mean, I'm on there all the time, predominantly. 
It's definitely worth it. I, I do the want the subscription through Amazon Prime, so I pay like five dollars. Mm-hmm. But I think it's five dollars anyways. If you have uh, T-Mobile it. right now, you have free thirty day trial through T-Mobile Tuesdays. It's honestly worth so it. This movie is produced by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, he does love his monsters. It's so good, and the like, the like creature thing in it. Oh my god! It's not. I don't. I don't like it. It's not like over the top scary but it's enough that like if i think about it i'm i'm okay i'm all right i'll pass like hard pass no it's just i really want to check this out now like this does look really cool (laughs) (laughs) i that's awesome yes no it's is it was it like a shutter exclusive did it just come out on that no i don't believe so or was it did it get some kind of a theatrical release i don't know about here i remember i learned a little bit about it I honestly can't remember. Um, I mean, uh, this picture from it. Yeah. No, yeah, you can really see the makeup and everything in uh, that on display. Uh, I I definitely want to check it out. I'm glad that I we're going to get into some more foreign language horror movies as we do this draft. But um, I'm glad that now already we've had two drafted with Bong Joon-ho. And um, now, who is the director of this? Uh, Demian Rugna? Is that how you say his name? I don't know how to okay. say his name. I um, can't say things well. But it's amazing. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, you can roll your R's. I cannot. Um, I neither can I. <laughs> so I, I'm glad because I feel like that is one thing that so many American audiences, and I think that Shudder has helped for introducing more American audiences to oh, yeah. foreign language horror. But, I mean, that that is where horror has really gone a lot of the classier horror movies have gone to thrive is foreign language things as opposed to like annabelle six um which is just kind of more cash grabby which is kind of the direction a lot of american horror has gone unfortunately so what category did you say supernatural that's super freaky um for psychological i'm gonna go with in the mouth of madness Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. That's why I was saving them because I knew that no one was going to have my picks. So what, what is this? Um, so it's like this writer. I can't even describe it in a nice way. Oh, it's John Carpenter. Yeah. Oh, I, listen, I want to be adopted by this man. Like, yeah. I want to so be his child. He's my favorite. But it's so good. It's this writer and... Yes. Mm-hmm. Event Horizon was on my list for sci-fi and I didn't That is horror esque. <laughs> yes. I didn't even the write eyes. That down. Yeah. Oh my god, the whole ending of that movie. <laughs> yes. But in the mouth of Madness. In the mouth of Madness. Yes, he's this writer, he goes to this town and like it's based off this like story. It's so when I first watched it I was like, Oh, it's crazy, like I don't get what's going on, but like he's going crazy like and there's the scene where there's actual pages of the book and he's like going through them it's i don't even know how to explain it it's like the wall but it's the weirdest thing and he it's like a big practical yeah like kind of yeah and so i don't know how to describe it without like reading the whole synopsis i mean it's carpenter so you know to expect big bold well, I guess I guess not big, but at least bold yeah. filmmaking. Because mm-hmm. Halloween is as small as it gets. 
but it's still striking and incredibly effective. It's so, definitely, oh, it's definitely like a weird movie. But it's ninety four, so it's like it's definitely like way later. It's yes. way past Halloween. Halloween and the thing, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's when he started going. I don't know. I Is love this it. before or after uh, they live? after oh it's after they live even okay they live amazing yeah but it, yeah it's like this author this horror author and they're like you know this guy doesn't believe oh like if you get involved in these books like kind no this like stuff's not really happening kind of yeah it's like that route so it's just i don't know how to explain it other than it's a trip but it's a wonderful one like i at first i was just like Oh, I'm confused. I don't understand. I don't know if I liked it. And then I like sat and I was like, wow, I love this movie. It's amazing. It's Sam Neill. Yeah. He's, can't he's go wrong so, with Sam. Sam Neill so in 1994. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like an oh, underrated final man. Yeah. 94 is right there around uh, Jurassic Park time. This is a cool pit. I I've never I've never seen this movie before. Sutter Kane is the name of the writer. Sutter Kane. So like Sutter Kane's books, there's like scenes where he's in this hotel, and he like looks at this picture, and he's like, oh that's cool, and he looks back, and then of course it moves, and then he looks back again, and like the lady that owns the hotel is a little weird, and then you find out like why, like, like yeah. So this like whole little town is just batshit crazy. It's so it's this is wonderful. this is another movie that's available on Shutter right now. Mm-hmm. I see it. Uh, wow. You can play it on there. I am a fan of Shutter. Yeah, I do love Shutter. I'm gonna keep my subscription since I started it because there's so much cool I mean, shit on why there. Wouldn't you? They yeah. update it often. They have mm-hmm. good shows. On good there. mix of classic stuff and new stuff, and some originals and everything like that. I'm just gonna drop <laughs> just real quick. <laughs> you should watch Mortuary Collection. Just came out, Ryan Spindell. Wonderful. Oh, okay. Good Ryan Spindell. Fun Halloween one. All right. So, just to give a little update, right now I have left on my categories I have slasher slash monster, family horror, and a wild card left. I have three categories left. Um, There's two. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Sorry. (laughs) No. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I miscounted one. So, slasher slash monster, camp. Uh, or horror comedy, family horror, and a wild card left. I'm going to go in the monster category, and I was trying to think outside the box on this one, because there are a few movies that um, also kind of meet this criteria, but I'm not going to overthink this. I'm going to take 1975 from Steven Spielberg, Jaws. No, No, and Monster. Oh, yes, okay, okay. this is this is a hundred percent just a monster movie. I had it on. I had it under family. Uh, this also would work <laughs> as a family. Honestly, like this, this would work as a. I, it, it's a little bit dark for what I would That's say is a family so, horror. You tried to put but, Donnie Darko in family. Yeah, he used to say. <laughs> what are you going to say about dark? <laughs> How exactly does one suck a fuck? Um, <laughs> That's that's the kind of conversations <laughs> I have at the dinner table. No, but this is totally a monster movie. Like this is just kind of the perfect monster movie in that you never see the monster it's all about the dread and the terror building up to actually seeing this freak of nature it's endlessly quotable 
I mean, Roy Scheider, Richard Dreyfus, Robert Shaw, like my God, Steven that trio. Spielberg. Don't forget Steven that, Spielberg, of course. <laughs> I, I, I'm, of course, I'm not forgetting Spielberg. I mean, this is this is the movie that created the blockbuster before Star Wars. This was the movie that like had millions of people flooding to their local drive-in theaters or if they did have any kind of an actual indoor theater at the time to go and see this movie because this was an event you had to be there to see jaws when it came out uh well it's the theaters that we mostly go to now well not now now that covid's coming back now we're going back to (laughs) the drive-ins again yeah so it's going full circle Well, here's the thing. People used to go into a room with lots of other people. Yeah, and they would sit really close together. I mean, in Florida, we still yeah. do that. Yeah, no, in Florida, we're... <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they're showing uh, War with Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. At some theaters, they're for some unknown reason still staying open no but i mean jaws is it, it's perfect i we talked about with psycho the um that like dun, 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 dun. and john williams completely openly speaks about how he completely ripped that off for the dun 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 because that's also using that same uh sonic language and just kind of the way that that creates this building sense of terror it's also uh Kind of a, a timely movie about uh, politicians uh, wanting to reopen the beaches despite uh, possibly having a true sense of danger that's being out there. Uh, not adding uh, Governor DeSantis or anything like that. But uh, let me just say, I rewatched this movie pre. I watched this movie over the summertime and I was like, oh man, <laughs> this movie's aged really well. If <laughs> this could come back. Yeah, it's all about tourism. And if you look at Florida right now, um, I wonder if DeSantis has ever seen Jaws and what his takeaways would be of this. He takes, like, he bases his decisions off of. He's just like, this mayor has some good philosophy. Like, the mayor's my favorite character. I want to be like him. He's a great mayor. <laughs> I don't know why the people are mad. Yeah, he killed the. <laughs> it's summer. Open the beaches. I, I uh, my sister now lives up in uh providence area and she lives like less than an hour away from martha's vineyard and i want to go during the summertime so bad so i can go see where they shot jaws like that is one of my wishes so bad is just go there yeah right martha's vineyard also you have to mention that shot like i almost ripped my headphones out because i got so excited where they zoom in and out and they like get that like whole of him on the beach when he realizes like the shark's there. It's it's that's a very hard shot. You're gonna to need do. a bigger boat. I, I don't even know what to call that shot. It's I, like there's the a name. Rock. It's like a dolly zoom. It's yeah, dolly. Yeah, it's super I had to do that in school. It's so yeah, difficult. Don't, don't you have to like dolly out and zoom? Yeah. In you can do like time. either variation, but like you have to like if you're going in, you gotta zoom out at the same yeah. time and it's just like it sounds easy, but we had to do it for a class, and we it did amazing. it so many times. And everybody knows it as the Roy Scheider yes. yeah. shot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like one of those iconic, it's like the double, the Spike Lee double dolly, where like you see that and you're like, oh, he's doing that shot. Like, that's what it is. Love the pick. I'm glad it got drafted. Brings us to my next pick. All right, we're getting down to the wire here, y'all. 
Um, so I got to fill some categories. I, I still have psychological uh, and supernatural to fill. So I think I, I might go with those two, um, with my two picks here. So I'm feeling pretty good about this. I think I'm going to go with supernatural. Um, and I think I could go a couple ways here. <laughs> oh boy. Um, cause there's one movie that I really want to pick that I really love, but then there's another movie that's like a quintessential fucking pick that needs to be drafted. I mean, we still have the honorable mentions. I, I mean, I, wild it, cards. It, I'm at that point now where I now regret uh, spending one of my wild cards because now I'm like, oh, fuck this. Which add in honorable mentions. There are no rules. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go with a movie that needs to be drafted. And I love this movie. It's the Blair Witch Project. Oh my! Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. I that, was that, gonna put it that needs in my to be, list. It needs yeah. to be drafted. Um, I love this movie. I think it's like uh, one of those movies that you don't understand how they did it and how it works and how it's so creepy and and affecting um, because there's really not that much happening. It's just a bunch of people getting lost in the woods for an hour and a half, um, but somehow. It is so scary and so creepy and just gets under your skin. Uh, they shot it in North Carolina and it was a bunch of UCF students. So we'd love to, we'd love to see it here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, and famously, it was believed to be a real. Because the That's, marketing. Yeah. Tapes in the 90s getting passed around. People think. It was pre-internet, so people can just like go on IMDb and see if these well, were actors. There was internet, but like but not real. Very not the way bones. now. Yeah, and it was to the point where like they were able to create fabricated listings on the <laughs> internet of like these actors being just. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's what's cool is like because they weren't. They were all unknown people. So it's not like somebody like photographed them like paparazzi style walking around Hollywood or something like that. Like they just kind of faked their deaths for this movie. And I'm putting it in psychological or no. What am I putting it in? I'm putting it in supernatural um, because of the ending. I mean, you get a sense you you're, you're left with enough to doubt. Are these people just going crazy or is something supernatural actually afoot? Mm-hmm. It's not one way or the other. And that's what's so terrifying about it, that you're not given the straight answer to make you feel okay when you finish watching the movie. Um, it inspired a bunch of other copycats and fake sequels and whatnot. None of them were nearly as No, good. not at no. all. Especially Book of Shadows. No. Oof, that hurt. <laughs> but um, I mean, even for the cast, it was psychological because they would like, they would instigate arguments and they would like play sounds in the woods to freak them out. And then they would like, each day they would slowly take away food from them so they'd get angry. So like, the cast went through a lot of shit filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a amazing though it's never do that today 
No, that's abuse. No, I mean, <laughs> that's 100%. Well, the closest thing that I can think of as far as marketing goes to like Blair Witch Project, where like thinking that's real was Paranormal Activity. Oh, they came out genius like, too. I mean, that was a real genius piece of marketing because I remember at that point I was younger and the internet was still at that point, like it was where it was, but it was still kind of in the, 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 twilight years of uh or i guess the dawn year what's the opposite of twilight years of twitter i don't know um i you know what i'm saying um <laughs> i was, try, I was like trying older? to think uh reporter uh literary style whatever um very early years of twitter and stuff like that so they advertised that movie as being real and i remember seeing that movie in the theaters and like being terrified got my older sister to take me and like my other uh middle school early high school i can't remember exactly a year that came out our friends all to that movie and uh it was yeah. terrifying it but was it's still but here's the thing is that paranormal activity hasn't aged great yeah you watch it it's like oh the little thing is moving yeah blair roach project has aged really well yeah. like that movie has because i think that there's more to that than paranormal activity or any of those other kind of found footage movies that came after it. I mean, it, it feels found, mm. you know? Uh, paranormal doesn't feel found. It, it, it works for what it is, but there is a certain level of fabrication to it that you can really pick up on. Mm -hmm. In Blair Witch, like, that shit looks like some people just trekked into the woods mm -hmm. and went crazy unbelievable movie great achievement it's my supernatural pick so now i am gonna go with my psychological pick and this is a movie that is very dear to me because it showed me what psychological horror was capable of this is not this is a movie that i i still think is underrated and is it it comes. Great pick. Oh, I love that. Um, I really feel like this movie never got the fanfare it deserved, and it still doesn't. And maybe one day it will. Um, I feel like even Waves got more of a push culture-wise. Yeah. But I mean, Waves wasn't a horror movie. Um. But It Comes at Night is 100% a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Like, holy shit, this movie is terrifying. And the crazy thing about it, and I think part of the reason why it doesn't um, register as, like, straight-up horror as it otherwise would, is because it doesn't really follow, like, the formula that you want it to follow. It's, it doesn't become a zombie movie. It doesn't become a monster movie. It doesn't become a supernatural movie. It's none of those things. But it's the dread and the fear that lies beneath that yeah. keeps it going. I. It's kind of interesting that you paired this with Blair Witch Project, which had an incredible marketing campaign. Because I'd say that It Comes at Night while it's an incredible movie that I love a lot, had a bad marketing campaign. I think that's one of the reasons why it didn't do as well commercially is because 
it was advertised like it was going to be a monster flick. It was advertised like it was going to be something like crazy. Some slasher thing was going to come like what comes at night. And really what comes at night is fear. That's that's what comes fear and paranoia. That is what comes at night. Have you ever seen this movie? Uh, Yeah, I fell asleep during it because this is another one that I was like, "Eh, it's a little boring. It's very, very slow. It's all it's kind of a movie that you have to be invested in i'm glad that i saw this in the theaters oh, whenever we did because it's a I great i remember being in the theaters and people afterwards were just like well that fucking sucked like it was one of those movies that oh, i'm like i'm like glued to my chair i'm covered in sweat afterwards i need to rewatch it but I, i'm also like the worst i'm pretty sure i'm borderline narcoleptic like if i'm sitting down at home i will pass out in a movie so i mean i love movies but Nine out of ten times, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm awake. And then I'm not. I really wanted to revisit this movie before the podcast tonight. And I didn't get a chance to, but it's still very, very fresh in my mind. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna see it uh, within the next couple of days before October is over. Because I, I just, I love it. Like, I love mm-hmm. it so much. It's just like, when I think about what scares me. This is the shit that scares me. You know, I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen the movie, but the idea of being in a situation where you have to protect yourself and the people you love, and what are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go? Mm. That is what's terrifying. Like, the, the idea of, like, there's no monster. There's no zombies. There's no ghosts. It's just people. And that's what's fucking terrible. This is kind of like the logical ending of we talked about like the thing and alien and stuff like that about like those type of isolation movies. But this is the more realistic version of that where it's just there is nothing really it's coming. That's it's just true cabin fever in yeah. its most purest form. It's it's amazing. So yeah, those are my two picks, Connor. Back. Um, so we're now at the point where I only have three picks left, and I now have to accept the fact that some of my films that I really want are not going to be drafted probably at all. Um, so I'm gonna split the difference between one of them. Um, we talked about uh favorite horror franchises earlier today, and I think that at least my favorite trilogy of any horror movie is the Evil Dead trilogy. And I'm going to go ahead and take Evil Dead 2 in the camp slash horror comedy category. Um, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are two of my favorite movies ever made. Um, Evil Dead 2, um, it's just a masterpiece. Like it, it really kind of created what would become more known as this campy horror genre. Sam Raimi famously did not want to make a sequel to Evil Dead um, and the studio just gave him a whole bunch of money and so he decided to basically remake Evil Dead but make it as the most balls to the wall shit that you have ever seen. Um, Bruce Campbell is just completely on 11 in this movie. Uh, Love of my life Bruce Campbell I should say. Um, He goes completely batshit insane as ash and i just i fucking love this movie i think this movie has aged really really well uh 
for some of the insane practical effects that's used that's used same with evil dead one uh evil dead one hasn't aged quite as well because there is a vine slash tree rape scene in it that hasn't aged the uh best um sam i don't know uh what, what was up with that i get what you were trying to do but nah not quite um but yeah, no, I I absolutely love this movie. It it needs to be drafted in the camp genre because it's so so important to all the other movies yeah. that would come Raimi. after it. Ramy, baby. I yeah, I mean, and also uh, we gotta give some shout out to Evil Dead. I mean, that trilogy is just unbelievable. The so Ramy Evil Dead trilogy, the Evil Dead, then Evil Dead Two, then Army of Darkness. Yes. Okay, and um, then I guess Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is an EP on, and then they made a uh, 2013 Evil Dead movie, which I will say, I watched that as part of a quadrilogy, didn't love it, I thought it was fine, Uh, for the most part, I don't like remaking horror movies, I think that horror movies age really well compared to a lot of other genres, so like maybe just like let them be. Well, it's just uh, they remake them so they can keep the rights to them. Yeah, it was just funny because uh, they remade Evil Dead and they still kept the vine tree rape scene. And I was like, man, the one thing that they could have aged up a little bit. I keep seeing it in my head and I hate it. <laughs> um, Gross. It's, it's That's uncomfortable. I know, but so even what, still, what do they I do still with think that it's... in the remake. Do they make it even worse? I mean, it's just kind of the, still like the same thing where like it's more implied than it is, but you see a vine creeping up a girl's leg and you know Ugh. what's going on there. Um, no, I I still think like despite that one thing that these movies have aged so, so well for the horror genre, um, especially Evil Dead 2 for the camping. I don't know which one is my favorite between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Um it kind of depends on what I'm looking for with something. Evil Dead is more of like a straight down the middle classic horror movie where two does have more of the humorous zany elements to it. And then Army of Darkness is just on another fucking level. Um, I think it's the best. <laughs> which is funny. That's my least favorite of the trilogy, but like I can still see why it's why it would be your favorite because there is just like <laughs> so much wildness to it. Ernest, have you seen the trilogy uh, of these movies? I've seen I saw the Evil Dead. Um, but I think I think we like had it on in the background or something and I wasn't really paying attention to it, so I would say no. Okay. Um, I'd say to watch them. Uh Raimi just kind of keeps pushing the envelope for how insane he can get with each movie uh without i mean these are movies that have like permeated pop culture oh yeah there's so many things about this movie about your pick evil dead 2 that it's like you watch something like um uh what's it called the cabin in the woods oh yeah that (laughs) it just lifts so much from this um it's unbelievable like yeah it's just marked his spot in culture a thousand percent um another thing that i will say without spoiling evil dead 2 it has one of my favorite closing sequences of any movie ever made it's like a jaw-dropping final scene where you're like what am i seeing on screen where am i in time and space i don't know what the fuck is happening and the way that that leads into army of darkness is just perfect um so i'm happy i'm loving getting this movie in the eighth round here 
All right, Christine. The final two picks. Is there three? Can I not yeah, know? you will oh, wait. Get, no, yeah. never mind. Okay. You will. You get two picks Take now, and then okay. you get one That's last what I one. I was just yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm all out of sorts. Don't dazzle me. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. What do Suspense. I want my last one to be? I know what I'm going to end with. Okay. Um, for contemporary, I'm going to go with The Strangers. Okay. Nice. I Hell love yes. That movie so much. We just talked a little bit about this movie, but you were hesitant to discuss too much with me about this movie before we drafted it because I think you were worried that I was going to take it. Yeah, no, for sure. Because I was like, that's ah, oh, it's one of. I my mean, this favorites. is this aligns to Halloween, right? Like, this is part of like that same sort of the same like invasion sort yes. of thing. Yes, oh, I love it. When it came out, I remember my friend; she wanted to see something terrible and some romantic comedy and she was like i don't want to watch horror movies i'll only go with you if you watch this with me and i was like hell yeah and i watched it and i just remember like oh the scene when the like little like sack man creeps up behind Liv tyler and she's just like <laughs> chilling i can't like and it's so frustrating because it's one of those movies that it's like if you only do this you will be safe and then they keep not doing it mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, home invasion movies I love, but at the same time hate because they freak me out. And uh, when I first moved to Orlando, I lived alone and I would have dreams that he would like break in. And I was like, I got to stop yeah. watching this so I much. I mean, my girlfriend, she can't watch Halloween because <gasps> of that. Oh, no. It's, it's not like scary. <laughs> no, because it's like you live alone yeah. enough and you have those thoughts. Oh, yeah. The movie just like. It triggers you to a certain point. But that, to me, that just says more about how good the movie is. That yes. it can have that effect on you. To, like, make you, like, that scared, you know? Oh, yeah. So, I remember vividly seeing this for the first time because, yes. of course, I had a... My sister is seven years older than me. So, I was a teenager at the time. A young, young teen. And um, 12, 13 or so, whenever it came out. I don't remember the exact year. But, um... She took me in to go see this because this was an R-rated film. And uh, I remember being terrified. I was a kid who like really liked scary stuff, like spookier things for my age group growing up. But this movie scared me so much. I <laughs> slept in my sister's room the night after I saw this because <laughs> I was so scared. And the main line that stuck with me is the line that was also in the trailer where Liv Tyler is like crying. And she's like, why are you doing this? And they're just like, because you were home. And, like, that is just, like, still kind of, like, I hear them, like, hear that line being spoken, that voice, and it still hits me in a certain way. Shout out to Glenn Howerton, our boy. He, he ain't no Aragorn, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, Glenn Howerton? Yeah, because Liv Tyler. Oh, oh, I was like, <laughs> are you making a I'm making some or? leaps here. Okay, yeah, you are. Um, no, and also, uh, wanted to shout out... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brian Bertino, the yes. director. So he has a new movie that was slated to come out this year uh, called The Dark and the Wicked, which some people are saying is like the most depraved movie that he's made yet, which is saying a lot because The Strangers is an extremely dark well, and depraved movie. Based on like, uh, but I saw another one too with marketing. They were like, based on true events. No people way. got mad. They marketed it like that, but 
people got mad because he combined a lot of different stories and like one of them was people in his neighborhood when he was younger were knocking on doors and if you answered the door they didn't rob you because they knew you were home and so that was like that manson murders and like a couple other things but like i don't answer my door i'm like nah like i don't know who you are i'm not gonna answer especially if it's dark outside no way like they answer that door for that girl more than once like she can walk she can find help i just watched clockwork orange earlier today so like i'm definitely not answering my door to anybody at night they say they've had an accident out the road i'm like nah there was was one time in my old apartment when i lived alone and this guy was like knocking on the door and he was like you who i know you're in there and i was like oh my god i just like laid there and you still watch a fucking break yes I watch this one all the time. I tried to get my friend to watch it a few weeks ago, and she was like, "No." She watched the trailer and she refused. So, like, I hard love up. it so much, and I love the masks. They're so creepy. Yeah, yeah. the sack. Oh. Very sort of low thing. budget, but it's like a low budget thing that's aged really well. So oh wait, good. so that one guy's the sack, and then the other two are like, uh, there's doll the face um, and pinup girl. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh my god! And then another tie-in in my old apartment where the creepy man knocked on my door. Um, there used to be like these Mormon missionary boys that lived across the way. And I was like, this is like the strangers. And I moved in, they'd be on their bikes. And I was like, oh my God. So I love it so much. That's so a great good. pick. You have another pick. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm torn between which one I want to end with. But I'm going to go with for one of my wild cards. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yo. Wow. Second best Halloween movie. I know it's not a whole... The original plan was for it to be a trilogy. John Carpenter did not want to do Halloween 2. He was, like, pushed into it, whatever. And, like, anthology movies and shows were, like, not a thing, really. It's amazing. Like, if you just take Halloween 3 out of the name, it's a great standalone movie. Like, all month I've been singing that Silver Shamrock song stuck in my head. Like, <laughs> three more days till Halloween. Like, I'm so excited. And then the masks. They are so iconic. I want, like, little tattoos of them. And just, like, that whole idea that the mask is going like, to melt your face. And then, like, you know, all these, like, weird snakes and things coming out of... It's it's, it's such a good movie. So and Tom Atkins. So you wanted to go with this over Halloween two because this is just like a complete its own thing. Yeah. Like completely removed from Michael Myers yes, and all there's that. There's no Mike Myers in it. He wanted it to be like the same world mm-hmm. but just different and it's amazing. I think that this movie is also just better than Halloween too. Well, oh, it, whoa, but it's whoa, not. Whoa. I, I, I person, no, 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 no. Like, just in my, uh, like, I like, I would rather watch Season of the Witch over Halloween too. No. It's not Car. This isn't Carpenter. Though. I know, but, but I that still was like. His I just idea really for the love movie. Right. Why he yeah. wasn't? Why there was no Mike Myers? But I'm saying like, it doesn't have his hand on it, right? So it's not the same approach. It's somebody else taking it in a whole nother direction, you know? It just has the Halloween stamp on it because yeah. they wanted to sell tickets, but right. it's essentially well, like, its own movie. His plan was to, at Halloween 3, move it in a different direction and, like, make different Halloween-based right. movies. Mm-hmm. That's right. Not connected to Michael yeah. Myers. But this movie bombed because so it back didn't it. have Michael Myers in it, yeah. and that's what people came to whenever you'd mark it as Halloween. 
It's so good, though. And I mean, like, Tom Atkins. Is this the one with Paul Rudd? No. No, no. no, I'm so sorry. uh, You're thinking of Halloween 6, which is a terrible movie. That's a bad movie. Curse of Michael Myers. (laughs) I'm in a heated debate with a friend about it. We constantly fight about it. It's trash. There's two versions of Halloween 6. Producer's cut. uh, (laughs) Theatrical. Both very different. Both terrible. It's worth hate-watching, but it's terrible. In that movie, they come up with this whole thing that it's like, the curse of thorn and he's this like demon that stupid i I mean this is this is what i was alluding to when i was talking about colin uh being into the middle tier of horror movies he's a halloween six fan no no he does not like halloween no but he will watch he will watch it though colin will watch even if he doesn't like it i see his letterbox log (laughs) He will watch like all of these movies, like the 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 Friday the Thirteenth Part Fives. Oh yeah, and all of these, you know. Look, I know at this point it's not gonna get drafted, but how Friday the Thirteenth Part Two is like arguably like the best sequel of any of the well, major the slashers. Jason actually comes in. Yeah, to play. no, but like Part Two, I just like Part Two. I think is like. Part two and New Nightmare are probably my favorite. Halloween is my favorite original of like if we're talking about the big three slashers between Freddy, Jason, you can't leave and out Leatherface Michael. and Ghostface. Well, that's Ghostface is different. I I will talk about Ghostface here. We'll see if we get around to scream. Um, we'll we'll I'll we'll save that for whenever we get to the. Well, you mentions. you have a pick right now, Hunter. Yeah, I do have a scream? pick. Does that qualify in the uh I have I have uh family horror available. Does that count as a family horror? Scream? Scream? It's about a family, kind of. <laughs> this I is mean, the kind Johnny, of genre Donnie Darko is about a family, technically. <laughs> if Scream is allowed, it's, then I'll take it. Scream, but if I understand if it's not allowed if here. If you watch the whole like series as a whole, it's heavily based upon Sydney's mom. <sighs> I won't take it here just because I don't want to get accused of category fraud. I mean, Scream is a masterpiece of its own right. And yeah, yeah. Maybe I still have another pick, so maybe Very we'll talk better. about it in a second. But for my family horror, I'm going, it's actually going to piggyback off of what you just said with Season of the Witch. I'm going to take Creep Show nice. uh, from George, Romar- George Romero, screenplay by Stephen King who wrote all these. It is an anthology story about five short Stephen King stories that George Romero directed all of them and put them all together. Stephen King even stars in one of them. (laughs) Um, I think that this movie is the perfect exercise for showing why anthologies work in horror and why they don't really work in any other type of genre. Because... Each of these stories, it's a, about two hours long creep show is in total, but each of the segments are about 20 minutes or so. Some are a little bit shorter, some are a little bit longer, and they just kind of get you in and out with the story. And by the end of it, you feel satisfied with every single one of them. Um, there's also like just some really good casting throughout this. Like This was uh, 1982, so we got Ted Danson in here. As I mentioned, we have uh, Stephen King is just kind of the solo guy in it. Ed Harris plays a uh, little bit part in one of them. A little young Ed Harris was fun to see. Um, How young? 
I mean, 1982, Ed Ed Harris. So it's he's probably what like 30. Yeah, I mean, he is uh he is younger. Uh, <laughs> I just it's so so good. Each of the stories are really unique and different from each other. I remember like really loving this movie as a kid because I grew up on Goosebumps and Creep Shows and Tales from the Dark Side and all those kind of things that are more like young adult to teen horror kind of the like introduction to the genre those I ate that shit up whenever I was a kid and I hadn't seen it in a really really long time so it's interesting going back and seeing it because like it never processed in my head like oh Ted Danson is in this short story because I saw it when I was like 12 and I was like I don't know who the fuck Ted right. Danson is um but it's so good it's so well done um I think my favorite uh my favorite short story of all of them is uh, The Crate, which is where a uh, they discover that there's just kind of this crate there that has like this otherworldly beast in it. And meanwhile, uh, the guy is just thinking of how he can uh, kill his wife and feed it to the beast <laughs> instead of like worrying about the beast itself. It was like kind of my it's very like dark comedy. A lot of the stuff that's in here, especially uh Stephen King's part, he just plays this uh lonely guy, uh Jordy Verrill, who's like this little country dude who has a meteor land at his house. And he just like touches it and like moss starts growing on his body. <laughs> he keeps just touching shit around his house and then just like this weird moss alien growth starts enveloping him. It's so, so well done. Um but I mean, yeah. I just think that anthologies just work so well in horror. Yes. And I think that we, we need more of these. Like I really like the first VHS movie, like stuff yeah. like that. Like I think that those type of stories, there is a place for them in horror. If there isn't in any other type of genre. Have you seen nightmare cinema also on shutter? I have not, not seen sponsored. nightmare cinema. Um, you get should. On shutter. It's I, very, it's good. And then, um, was it tales? Tales of Halloween, another good one. Oh, yes. Yeah, Mortuary yeah. Collection. That's the newest anthology one. That mm. one's very good as well. I love to watch them. <laughs> All right. My last two picks here. We're getting down to the end. Um, I have two picks, but I'm, I'm looking at three movies that I really want to choose. And I have to leave one of them out. And it's going to pain me. Any anyone that I pick to leave out here is is gonna hurt, uh, but I have to I have to I have to leave one out and just push it to the honorable mentions because we're at the end. So both wild cards because I've already filled out all my my other categories. So my first wild card is gonna be Ari Aster's Hereditary. I was surprised yes. no one had said it yet. Yeah, I mean, I thought you were gonna take it with your. Uh... Your contemporary something over the witch. It was gonna be my supernatural, but then I remembered terrified. I I admire the witch more than hereditary because it just puts me in a mood, uh, in a place, in a time. Hereditary still a fucking crazy ass horror movie. And even watching it in a room in a theater full of like disrespectful theater goers that were not doing what you're supposed to do and staying quiet. It's still landed. And that 
is the 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 mark of a great movie when you have a room full of rowdy ass rude people and you're able to shut them the fuck up with what you're doing with the moments and the visuals and 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 the just insane shit that happens in this movie it's like a cult movie and like a haunted house movie and like a possession movie and a ghost movie it perfectly wraps up all of these di- different subgenres all into one amazing neat grotesque just deeply upsetting package with a knockout performance from our queen Tony Collette oh love her um mm-hmm. I, I I really love this movie. I've only seen it the one time. Um, and one day I am going to revisit it. I need to. I have the Blu-ray. I just need to be brave enough <laughs> to I, pop it, it in. I it's... only watched it like a few months ago with my friend. And like I was like, you got to see it. And he like figured out the ending. And I was like, how? Like I didn't even know where the fuck it was going. King Payman? It's... Well, like he figured out like, ah, this is going to happen. Payman. I so I love that pick. I was actually just realized that there hadn't been an Ari Aster movie picked, and I was like, "Fuck!" Now I gotta add one on my last pick here because I uh. I personally <laughs> I've said before on the pod that I actually prefer Midsommar to Hereditary, which I think is a hot take because I feel like nobody agrees with me every time they bring no. that up. I honestly they're I could, very very different. I could take either one. They're very both of them. I think both of them are like modern masterpieces. To be honest, I mean, like in the horror genre, both of them elevated horror to another level where hereditary is all about using darkness against you and kind of hiding things in plain sight. Midsommar is like we are doing the same exact thing, but it's in broad daylight mm-hmm. and adding that kind of sense of terror to everything. I think it's visually beautiful, but like the story is. Oh, I, think I know the they didn't make That's... like either character. Like, the girl or the guy, I can't even remember their names. Enjoyable, but like, oh, I hated both of them. I mean, although you're talking about Midsommar, yeah. Even though Florence Pugh is, I'm my not queen. mad about him being burned in the bear oh, suit. Oh yeah, like, hell yeah. yeah, he deserved it. But, uh, but Hereditary, I love it. I mean, it's another one where they kill off like what you think is the main character very early on. Yes, and I saw it with a friend who a scene that. <laughs> Oh. takes the theater <laughs> and shuts everybody up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of sad that that was a thing that apparently got ruined by like Twitter memes and stuff I like didn't... that. I saw it uh I saw a screener of it like a month or two before it was released and I like came to you guys afterwards and was like guys this is this movie's going to be a thing. Like we we got to talk about this movie. I didn't see and I barely knew about the movie and then like you know Jessica, mama Mm-hmm. She was like, let's go see it. And I was like, all right. And it was pretty quiet in our theater. And it was like our other friend. And I'm sitting there in between them. And she has a daughter. And so anything with like children oh boy. ruins her. And that scene comes. And she was just like, oh my God. Why did we come to see this? So I was like, this is your idea. Like, I was like, holy shit, this movie's amazing. <laughs> From then on, I was sold. But like. It oh commands your attention. Yeah. It, it sucks you in. And even though it's trying to do maybe too much, I think it still manages to do it all yeah. somehow. You know, it still lands a fucking punch. I love it. 
Arias or Sherrod Terry. Got one last pick here. My final pick. And this is going to hurt one way or another just because I'm I'm looking at my list and I'm like, God damn, there's so many great movies that I'm not going to get to choose. But I got to. I got to stick to my guns here and I got to go with another movie that takes me back to the theater and takes me back to experiencing what a horror movie can do in a packed audience. A Quiet Place. Yes. Oh, nice. Yes. John Krasinski, <laughs> Jim Halpert. Oh my God. He did an amazing. I'm so sad that the second one is delayed. One day we'll see it. One day, Christine, we'll see we it. it It'll, it's going to be out. But we have the original. And yes, it does get tropey. Yes, it does get a little, you know, formulaic. But it works. That's the thing with these movies. Like, sometimes you got to get a little formulaic because that shit works. And the monsters the the i think the best thing about this movie especially when you see it in a theater is the use of silence yes. and how it like forces you to be quiet like i remember people in the theater like trying to munch on their popcorn and like you could hear every bite just oh that's that's the mark of a great filmmaker who is able to create a sense of dread that not only exists in what you're seeing on the screen, but what you're experiencing in the audience and in yourself as you're watching the movie. I've, I've never experienced anything like that where like the, the, what the, the characters in the movie are experiencing is extended to the audience as you're, experiencing unfold it's it's amazing it's a movie that has some problems but in the context of seeing it in a in a packed audience with a full theater there's nothing like it and emily blunt i always mm-hmm. just got to give it up oh, for emily blunt her. she's amazing <laughs> she fucking brings it um i love this movie oh, i think yeah. it's so good i think it, it's not as like horrific and terrifying as it's other the movies, tension, though. yes, the suspense that and the the stressful. silence, you oh, know, yeah. like that's what brings you the terror is like the idea that like if you make any noise, you will die. <laughs> oh, I saw it in theaters twice when I came out. I was like, "This is amazing!" And I had candy, and I was like, "I can't even open it. Like it's so loud." Right? Yeah, they, they give you the loudest yeah. packaging, the the plastic in the box. Like, really fast. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So stressful. I could not breathe in that movie. There, right? There was times when I saw my sister and like she was like like couldn't breathe. I was like, mm-hmm. you can't breathe. It's too loud. It's it's an incredible theater movie. Ugh. That's my list. That's all of them for me. All right. So I have my last pick here. I just off mic rolled a dice uh, between the two <laughs> because uh, one of them, here's the thing is that one of them is one of my favorite movies ever, but it's more pushing what the genre is. And the other one is more classical. I'm going to go with the classical one. That's why I went to roll the dice for to determine. It's a movie that I watched 
right before we came to do this podcast or rewatched, rewatched, I should say. And I know that he is a very controversial figure, Uh-oh. but I'm taking Roman Polanski's Ro- Rosemary's Baby. Uh, I mean, there are quite a few directors in general, but then in horror that are. Quite oh, well, yeah, yeah, that could have so. gone a number of different ways. Um, no, I, I will say, because I know that you're not going to take it, Christine, but I, I was between <laughs> this and Eraserhead, which Eraserhead uh, is one of my favorite movies I've ever made. I did think you were going to pick that because you were watching it yesterday. You are wearing a David Lynch shirt. I am wearing shirt. a David Lynch <laughs> shirt. Uh, can this just be a joint pick between the two of them? No. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I rolled the dice. The dice have spoken. Um, I'm going to Rosemary's Baby. I This movie has aged so, so well. Of course, starring uh, Mia Farrow in the signature role of Rosemary and John Cassavetes as her husband. What's so genius about this movie, because it came out in 1968 at a time in which women in cinema often weren't given any sort of agency whatsoever. They were often just used as a role to uh, like fit for like you were just there to be a wife or you were just there to be a mother. That's what the 60s and Prior to that, that's mostly what that was like for women in cinema, especially in American cinema. What this movie did was it said, okay, you don't have agency, but that's due to everyone around you taking this agency from you. You are completely out of your control as hard as you try to be in control of this world. You are not. And, of course, Mia Farrow is trying to have a baby. Um basic premise of this movie for people who haven't seen it because i do feel like it is underseen by the younger generation um it's on showtime if you have that or you can find it through other uh means but this family moves into a apartment complex that is a witch coven um that was used for some horrible heinous acts back in the day and uh guess what it's a horror movie so those things are still kind of going on and it really breeds a sense of paranoia that grows and grows and grows as the movie progresses extremely slowly extremely slowly and like kind of you are entirely in the mindset of mia farrow's character of rosemary the entire time while this is happening And it creates a sense of paranoia in which you don't know if you can trust anybody else in the movie. You have no idea who is in on this coup and who is not. You almost don't trust the movie itself. You almost feel like, is this even a horror movie? Like, what am I watching right now? No, well, that's kind of the thing is that it does kind of breed a sense of like, is this all in her head? And like, there is maybe some reads on the movie in which it is. Like, there is so much about this movie that has aged so so well and you see this is one of those that you see it in other movies right like so many thousand percent so many of these these picks that we've had are like extremely influential and with rosemary's baby is like you look at um mother mother yeah that was the main um, one i was gonna think of that mother does a really really bad job of trying to rip off even a light a little tiny bit of uh being john malkovich Mm -hmm. Like the very end of being John Malkovich with like all the people like wanting to become John Malkovich. It's, fu- waiting. it's funny you just picked. I won't I don't want to spoil too much of uh uh how Rosemary's baby in, but let's just say that uh 
Hereditary definitely lifts a few things yeah. from the ending 100%. of Prisoner's Baby. <laughs> Um, I I love this movie. It's aged so well. I know Roman Polanski is a uh, uh, pedophile and is not allowed back into the country of the United States. Uh, but you know who's not a pedophile? David Lynch. So maybe you should have picked a Razorhead. Oh well, I I left it up to a dice, and the dice said that I should go more classic horror. Maybe your dice is a pedophile, Ernest. You should throw out your dice. Yeah, All right, Christine, me. take us to our last pick of the draft. I don't think anybody is ready for this one. I know nobody has probably seen it or has it, <laughs> so it's fine. It'll be a quick one. Um, I listen to, I like to listen to a lot of horror podcasts. Nightmare on Film Street talked about this, and I was like, wow, that sounds ridiculous. I got to watch this shit. It is. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. And it's so ridiculous. It was almost my, like, camp pick. But it's so over the top, so ridiculous. Barely, like, has no tie to Prom Night. Um, It's just this prom queen. She's a terrible person. Um, She ends up getting killed. And then they find her, like, years later, this girl finds her dress. And, like, this she's, looks like, possessed awesome. possessed by her. It's ridiculous. What sold me is the um, possessed, like, rock, like, rocking horse that's in this, like, teenage girl's room. And, like, it's just ridiculous. It's corny. There's, like, a teen pregnancy in it. And this girl's crying. And what does she do? And, like, you know, they got to save her because, like, she has the dress and she's possessed by Mary Lou. It's just so ridiculous, but it's so wonderfully 80s and corny that I was like, I, I love this movie so much. So this movie has no relation to Prom Night with no. Jamie Lee Curtis? Oh, okay. No. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 has everything. Glitter, yes. stars, yes. neon, lasers, fog, pink, Literally. fire exactly <laughs> true it's so true oh it's on tubi right now it was on and shutter i mean i don't know if it still yeah, is but like it's just so terribly bad and wonderful that like ever since i watched it i was like i love this movie so much like it's so bad but i love it like and like the good girl gets so you know she's starting to get possessed by her or whatever and she's like She's got like a weird. Like she comes onto her dad, but it's like it's fucking weird. But Mary it's so Lou, good. Mary Lou, no, it's so Hello. good because like you know she's, <laughs> it's the good girl. She's got like this bad mom, but then like when the girl like later on, I can't remember her name, gets possessed by Mary Lou, she's like, it's weird, but it's worth it. But the possessed rocking horse, I mean, like that's. <laughs> What more does anybody need in a yeah. film? Wow. What a way to end it. Harry, <laughs> hello, Mary. We ended on a pedophile. And, and a possessed rocking horse. Hello, Mary incest. Lou, prom night too. Uh, that's it. That's our horror draft. Um, so let's get into horror um, honorable mentions. So I'll start off with mine. I'll run off just a bunch uh, here that didn't get picked. Um and I'm sure that you guys are gonna have the the better honorable mentions again because I'm I'm gonna give some some very surface level honorable mentions here. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I think that that's... <laughs> Wes Craven. Nothing drafted from Wes Craven. That's one that we... we yeah. yeah, we that's just... a bummer. We just didn't have the room for it. Um, Poltergeist? I yeah. just watched the other night for the first Nothing time. Nothing from Toby what? Hooper. No Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Poltergeist. They're all on my list. I just... Yeah, there's just not enough space. Poltergeist <laughs> is one of those movies that, like, people did a lot of cocaine in the 80s. Yeah, it's a movie that's aged really well and also aged really bad. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have the tree come in through the window, and then there's gonna be a light, and then and then the 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 blood is gonna come out of the the portal and the, the ceiling. I I watched this. I rewatched this movie first for the first time in a long, in many, many, many years. And like, whenever the little white silhouette monster creature appears, I just started laughing. I was like, "This looks so stupid." It's part of the fun. (laughs) I don't like it because of the horror nights house. Like that movie's great, but then I went in that horror nights house, and I was like, "No, it feels too real," and I cried. (laughs) It was a great house, though. Yes. Um, we already mentioned um Midsommar and and us um. Peel and, and Oster got drafted. Um, this year's The Invisible Man. Yeah, uh, with it's um, one of my favorite movies of the year. <laughs> yeah, with um, what's her name? Um, Elizabeth um, Moss. Yes. Moss. Elizabeth Moss. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Great movie. Lee Winnell. I love that, that movie. I got to meet him on a Zoom class, and he's no. wonderful. Yeah. Oh, he's wow. very funny. That's awesome. He writes all his scripts like by hand and notebook. Oh well, before I forget. Saw, yep, starring Lee Winnell, mm-hmm. fucking great movie. I think Saw is a great movie. Like I know the sequels get kind of more shit and stuff, and that's kind of cast a shadow on the whole franchise. But I think the first Saw movie really holds up well. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm. I think that that's a straight up horror movie. Um, I didn't think about that, but yeah, it's it a lot of horror. Lists. It's very strange and really fits in more of like with like the psychological thriller it's a classic movie where you watch it and like you spend the first 20 minutes being like is colin farrell bad like is he a bad actor like what is he doing in this role uh green room annihilation black swan i am legend um martin scorsese's shutter island Mm. anybody yeah i like that movie I think just everybody makes fun of the twist so much. Yes. 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 Under the skin. I so that is my that is one of my number one. I just rewatched that movie, and I think that movie might be like a perfect masterpiece. It's so weird. It's It's one of the most bizarre movies. So good. It is so so fucking good. I want to see more movies from this guy, but he just does hasn't made anything else. Glazer. Yeah, Jonathan Glazer. Um, Suspiria, the remake. I haven't seen the and remake. the original. I haven't seen the original. Oh, oh. both are I, incredible. I love. Both are great. Uh, <laughs> I love Luca Guadagnino's uh remake. I think that was one of the best movies of that year. I love it. Um, Ghostbusters. I actually like Shit, the female version. Really, I haven't seen it. I haven't. <laughs> seen no, but it. I think it was probably. But it was really. I think it was funny, but. I love Kristen Wiig. I can't think of the blonde girl's name. Kate, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. She's the best character. The OG one, though, mm-hmm. I think stands on its own. Talk about Halloween Horror Nights houses. Very that was one. a great one. I had one. a friend that was in that one, and I saw him, and I was like, ah! Yeah, that was fucking awesome. 
uh, GDT's Pan's Labyrinth? I don't think that qualifies. No, so otherwise yes, that does. would have been like it's a, a number monster. one monster. I think no, I talked about this with Gaia and with I think that this is a I think that's just straight up a fantasy movie. No, I, love I don't think that it's horror. Fantasy. Like there's nothing there scary are monsters about it. in it. Fantasy horror. If that's exists. the case, then that would have been like a second round pick for me. Fantasy I think Pan's Labyrinth is one of my favorites. And I love both of you. I'm part of their throuple. But like, listen, I'm gonna say this very like without sounding like a cocky asshole, but like. I'm going to school <laughs> to for be, fantasy horror. To be a doctor of horror. That's my own title. I've given doctor myself. of horror. So get yeah. out of here. It You're going to be like the, the, <laughs> the doctor in the I Halloween franchise. Can we do a redraft? I'm so obsessed. I'm with replacing that Get Out no with uh, Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, here comes Michael Myers again. Here we go. Nobody wants to fucking accept the him. fact. Um, let's see here. Cloverfield. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's yes. Also a Definitely a horror movie that I love a lot until the end. John Goodman. Oof. Yeah. Ugh. He's so good in that. Yes, I hate it. Ugh. Zombieland. Um, did I already mention Annihilation? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, Beetlejuice. Yes. Beetlejuice. That's my dog's name. Can't believe name. it didn't get drafted. <laughs> um... From Dust Till Dawn. Good one. Uh, the last one I have on here is a little movie called Daybreakers with Ethan Hawke. I've heard of it. I've not seen it. Yeah. I, I was never going to draft this movie. This was a, a perpetual honorable mention. But it's like it's like a vampire movie where like the vampires are the majority population. Hmm. And the humans are the minority population. And they're Jeez. like preyed upon. By like the main people, which aren't people, they're vampires. Yeah. Willem Dafoe is in it. It's a solid oh, movie. So it's gotta be good yeah, then. it's like a it's seven. Ethan out of Hawk, ten. Hawke, Willem Dafoe, Sam Neill. Yeah, hey, Sam Neill. Oh go. my god, hey. he's the final man. Out. I'm telling you. Also, I'm gonna give a shout out to another one. I don't really like this movie, but I figured <laughs> I might as well give it a shout out. It's uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's The Neon Demon. That's on my honorable mentions. Get out of here. I, uh, I'll i be honest. I hate Nicholas Winding it's, Refn. It is have a you seen deeply... Neon Demon? I, uh, well... Yes or no? Have you seen I Neon have a Demon? lot of thoughts about Nicholas Winding Refn. I'm going to have to tell it you off because deeply... I don't want to say anything horrible in case the man might be listening right up... now, but I'm not a fan of his but work. Deeply upsetting it? movie. That movie... Okay, if you watch it and pretend that like anybody else made it, that movie... I. You have to watch it. The it's, ending. I think that Only God Forgives is one of the worst movies ever made. No, 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 but I'm telling you. <laughs> Neon Demon. We are... We, okay. We Do you like here. Neon Demon, though? I, I give it like maybe like a 6 out of 10. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's extremely it's just, upsetting. Yes. It's like, why would you film that, dude? Yes. You're fucked up. Yes. Like literally it <laughs> ended would you and I just that? sat on my couch like what it, what happened? I would sat there and I thought about it for the longest time. Like if you want to be like if you want a movie <laughs> Evil Dead 2 the ending. Oh my god, what happened? If you want that again, watch The Neon Demon. Okay, maybe I'm not going to make any promises it's, on that. It's just one of those nice. movies where you're just I just like, need to know. I need to talk to people about the ending. You're just like <laughs> oh you're just god. like why would you make people do that? In yes. front of a camera yes. and press record. Yes. What kind of fucked up person are you, you fucking sick fuck? Yeah. 
It, are, it makes me. What it, are you into? <laughs> it makes <laughs> me very upset. Very upset. Anyway, um, those those are all my. Oh, one more. American Psycho. <laughs> yes, oh, American course, Psycho. Yes. That's a that's a big one. Do you I'm like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> I think they really found their <laughs> sports. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll run through mine pretty quickly because I got a whole bunch of them. Uh, just the Romero Dead movies: yes. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Carrie. Yeah, Carrie is an incredible yep. movie. Really love that movie. Uh, the original, not the remake. Um, the Hills Have Eyes, Wes Craven, and the remake uh, movie, uh, which the remake I actually like a little bit more. Um, few others we talked about i the big one is scream speaking yes. of wes craven can't believe nobody took scream uh that movie is so so good really really love that movie i feel i've never related to a movie character harder than i do with uh the guy who works at the video store who's oh, like pointing out sydney i was like you're the final who's girl. just pointing out the tropes and everything that's happening around them um love that i love the whole scream franchise honestly i think that uh feel all about them, three I, it's fun. It's fun. Oh, it's my favorite. Out of all I, it's them. really fun. I like it. I need to rewatch all of them. Scream was the only one that I just rewatched before this. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Not the original one, but the one with Donald Sutherland and Jeff Goldblum from the 70s. That movie is so good. I fucking love that movie. Um, Videodrome by Dave Cronenberg. Speaking of really fucked up movies, Dave Cronenberg made a movie in the 80s about how uh, we were a culture becoming obsessed with screens and televisions uh, that just display violence and sex all the time. So uh, my guy Cronenberg was uh, a little bit ahead of his time with Videodrome. Debbie Harry in it. It's wonderful. It's not, not, it doesn't work 100% of the time, but there's so many ideas in it that work that make it very, very uh, watchable. Um, Big one, a couple of these I didn't draft solely because I have mentioned them before on the pod. Uh, Come and See was one of them uh the it's like a war movie yeah it's like it's a very very depraved film uh but if i was just drafting my favorite of the movies then i think that 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 would have been on the list because i think the movie is excellent it immediately as soon as i saw it for the first time became one of my favorite movies ever um the wicker man we just talked about last week a little bit but i still no 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 no, no, no. the The original (laughs) the original uh wicker man (laughs) Love that movie. Um, Sleepaway Camp as yes. uh, another movie just saw for the first time. Speaking of wild endings that yes. I did not, I knew that it had a wild ending, but uh, did not know what it was until seeing that movie. And uh, it shook me. Um, so good. House or Hasu. Uh, have you guys always, ever heard of this I've movie? I've always yes. wanted to see this movie. It is a, it's criterion. like, yeah, it's a Criterion film uh, from... Obayashi, I'm not going to try to say his first name, I'm very sorry. Um, not up to date with my Asian uh, phonetics. 1977. It's like the aesthetic of it is if David Lynch met Wes Anderson um, because it has this very dreamlike awesome. quality to it, but it's also like so zany and off the wall. It's very like campy, but it's in a time in 1977 before camp was a genre that existed. I recommend it just for a fucking trip. Uh, Cause I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, Cabin in the woods. We mentioned earlier attack the block. I didn't even um, watch that one. I don't, I would 
wouldn't say that's a horror it's movie. It's classified as a horror movie. Yeah, it's it's yeah. camp it's a camp horror movie. It's like yeah. kind of just a riff on the genre. It's like Shaun of the Dead. Um Coraline. Yes. Really, really enjoy that movie a lot. Gremlins. Rocky mm. Horror Picture Show. Um The Mist. <gasps> that's on mine. Love The Mist. Um and then I did a whole spiel on Eraserhead, so I won't go on and on about that. A couple more quick go through. Hellraiser, mm-hmm. uh, the Amityville Horror, which is the movie that kind of created this. there's something wrong with the house genre back in the 70s. Love that movie. Last Man on Earth, The Birds, Nosferatu, Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street, but uh, New Nightmare, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. One, I'd say that's the best like reboot of a classic horror franchise. The Ring, Misery, the original I Spit on Your Grave, Child's Play, and uh, yeah, I think that's it for mine. I have a whole bunch, but I don't want to keep going through all these. I mean, you at, you said some that I was going to like Misery. I love it. I used to threaten to hobble my ex all the time <laughs> when we were happy together. Um, I have your next. Ready or not. That's a great movie. Yes. Your next. But yeah. another one with the mask. Yeah, very I similar to The Strangers. Yep. Um, The Descent. The Descent. Yes. 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 Yeah, The Cave. I beams. think I would have yeah. gotten that if I would have rewatched it. I just didn't have time to rewatch it before uh, this. I watch it a lot for some reason. Um, I, I love that movie. I, I wouldn't say it's like great, maybe, but. The use of like claustrophobia, yes, it feels like they really went into a cave to shoot that movie, mm. which obviously like they didn't because you can't fit yeah. a fucking camera crew in there, but they did it. Also, you mentioned <laughs> Annihilation earlier, and uh, they've been like talked about they referenced the descent a right. lot when the pre production of that. Such a good movie. Um, one that people need to watch, another foreign one, One Cut of the Dead. So good. I've heard so a lot about funny. this movie. So it's like kind of like a movie within a movie. And people think, oh, when it ends, like when the movie ends, it's short. Oh, stop watching. You have to keep watching. But it's so worth it. So good. Um, I think it was last year. A lot of people had it as like their number one film of the year. Wow. So worth it. It's Japanese. Um, Anna and the Apocalypse. If you like Shaun of the Dead, same. That's the one you humor. were referencing earlier. Yes. It is a horror, a Christmas horror musical, but it's so Christmas great. horror musical. That Zo- sounds delightful. Uh, okay, wait, let me. A Christmas zombie horror musical. Let me just get it all out there. It's so great, so worth it. I think everybody needs to see it. Um, Hocus Pocus, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Event Horizon, Christine, Unsane. Event Horizon, yeah. It follows. I was hoping you would draft Christine, to be honest. I was gonna, but I was like, that's a little, that's a little vain. <laughs> that's but, a little uh, I'm biased. Um, what else do I have? Happy Death Day. Army yes. of Darkness is on there. Trick or Treat. Never saw Trick or Treat, actually. What? And yeah. you? I know. It's really good. Not scary. Adorable. Sam is adorable. Um, I have Brightburn, which I saw recently, which is very good. Like, but I've heard mixed things a... about it. I'm interested to check it out. No, it's good. Um, Dark Superman. I I liked it. I was like, evil. Ah. But I was like, okay. Um, Hell House LLC. There's three of them. They're I think all on Amazon or Shutter. 
another found footage series, but they're all pretty good. The second one is like, eh. The first and the third are very good. And Satanic Panic, another one on Shudder, definitely worth watching. Um, Taking of Deborah Logan. And I know this upsets people, but Halloween Resurrection. Okay. Um, one other quick one, just a shout out. It's not a movie that I love, but it's a very influential movie. If you look on a lot of lists, it'll be on there. Um, it's Don't Look Now by Nicholas Rogue, uh, also starring Donald Sutherland. We didn't get to draft anything with Donald Sutherland, but I mean, if Jamie Lee Curtis is like the scream queen, Donald Sutherland for a period of time in the 70s was like the scream king. Yeah. Uh, he was in so many yes. of those movies, like kind of pre Goldblum. Where Goldblum kind of took up mostly the body horror genre, um, he is in so many of these movies that like more of the artsy kind of horror films, and uh, yeah, very good, very very classic seventies film. Yeah, like a lot, and Fantastic. I will do. We will do a whole episode on David Lynch. That's why I wanted to save Eraser as because I'm oh. just I'm waiting to win something <laughs> where I can make you guys watch an Eraser or watch yeah. Eraserhead or Mulholland Drive, and I can just Drew will watch preach. all of Twin Peaks. I can just <laughs> preach for like hours on David Lynch, but I didn't want to. I I can't keep going on about the six hour shoot of Eraserhead. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for coming on to Thanks the show. It was a lot of fun. Do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you online? Oh, yes. Um, it is at Velotta, V-E-L-O-T-T-A underscore trouble on everything. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. And yes. we will hopefully have you on again soon. I'm just going to replace Drew because he's not an actual yeah. person. <laughs> I, I think he just texted me like just like crying. So I think they still crying. Can I start by a Christmas couch. movie draft now? <laughs> uh, you can follow at We Bought a Mike on Twitter and all the other socials. You can donate on Anchor. You can also rate, review, and subscribe. Please, please, please vote mm-hmm. in the United States election. If you're listening outside of the country, please pray for us. <laughs> um, we will be back next week with Borat. Subsequent movie film. Wah, wah, wee, wah. Um, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.